It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello and welcome everyone listening locally in the Carson City, Reno area on KNBC 95.1 FM and online at www.knbc.org nationwide and in over 26 countries. Spencer Stoner could not make it today. He is out sick, but... Rob Nalt is here. Yay, me Hey, me. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are, if it sounds a little bit different this week, it's because we are broadcasting from Studio B at the uh, KNBC Central here at the Adam, historic Adams House. Uh, Joe Bly has been kind enough to uh, come in and fill in and sit all the way back there in the uh, main room while we're uh, all in ba- back here because our special guests this week are Lisa, Jeff, and Brad. Of course, uh, if you remember from last year, they are from RageCon. RageCon 2023 is coming up June 30th through July 2nd this coming weekend. So they are here to tell us everything about RageCon. You look so enthused, Lisa. (laughs) I think she's taking it all in. I'm just mesmerized by your voice, Jimmy. Really? No. (laughs) I didn't think so. Uh, so uh, whether you consider Monday the uh, whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or even Monday I don't know uh, or the beginning of it go into Monday the best informed person you know as we provide you with the latest news information and releases from television comic books movies novels cons and events toys and collectibles and games the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms this week Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews will be joining us to go over the coming weekend's movies and I just mentioned our special in-studio guest from the Reno Area Gaming Exposition and Convention, a.k.a. RageCon 2023, Jeff, Brad, and Elisa. RageCon is, is three days of tabletop gaming in northern Nevada. RageCon 2023 is happening this coming weekend, June 30th through July 2nd, at the Nugget Resort and Casino in Sparks, Nevada. We will be talking about RageCon's packed schedule of board games, card games, dice games, miniature games, and role-playing games that you can play. You can also learn new games at RageCon, which we will be talking about, either from the RageCon Massive Gaming Library, their play-to-win section, RageBuck Raffles, or the Game Lab. And if you're looking for a game, yes, you can visit their exhibitor room as well and purchase games there. Uh, There are a number of other activities, guests, demos, and so much more, and we'll be trying to cram all of this RageCon information into the show to to prepare you this coming Friday at 12 noon when they the when those doors swing open now you're smiling okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about how busy this weekend's going to be oh yeah it's going to be loads of fun it's going to be tons of fun everybody so, should come everybody listening right now should come to RageCon yeah yeah uh, so Jeff um, you've been in charge of uh, RageCon ever since I can remember um, how many years now has uh, RageCon been uh, going this will be our eighth year we took two off for COVID but yeah, I don't yeah. Know. everybody took except me. We, yeah. I didn't take two, day, two years off for COVID. Um, so, uh, and you've been there since the beginning, correct? Yep, yep. 2014. Wow, uh, Brad, uh, how long have you been involved with uh, RageCon again? Uh, seven years, six years as the event coordinator. All right, and uh, lots of events coming up that you're ready and raring to go and talk about more than ever. <laughs> 
Ah, so all kinds of fun. All of this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture, entertainment, your favorite fandoms, and everything discussed on the show. To add your voice, simply call 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, or you can send me a DM through the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page, which I have up right now. And again, RageCon starts in exactly four days, 17 hours, 55 minutes, according to the clock on the RageCon.com website. Nice. Um, <laughs> I, I like when there's clocks like that. Yeah, it's actually, it's, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm going to wait until after it to see if it resets to like 364 <laughs> days. <laughs> I think I'd have to go in there and like manually reset. <laughs> oh, no. well, that's a bummer. So it'll be like so, read zero. So, so she's telling you not yeah, to get your hopes up. It'll just say zero. Because <laughs> you need a week's vacation after RageCon. I think we all kind of do. So last year, uh, RageCon did happen. Um, I was there, and uh, it seemed like a really big crowd. Was it kind of on par to what you were expecting? uh, You know, two years out of COVID, or the first first RageCon after COVID, or uh, was there more people than you expected? I think it was more than we expected. Uh, We were worried after being two years off that maybe people had forgotten about us. (laughs) So... We were pleasantly surprised. We were just over a thousand attendees. So wow, yeah, which was nice. Um, we were um, a little over that the the two years prior uh, before COVID. So it was nice to come back just uh, pretty much just as strong as before COVID. So a little bit of a drop off, but not a huge drop. Not a huge drop off. Um, and since you, last year, you guys kind of reestablished yourselves and had a, had the event again. Um, are you expecting more people this year, or la- or about the same? Uh, if any indication is uh, from the pre sales and numbers that can keep coming in every day, I think we'll be more. I think we'll probably be twelve to fifteen thousand, fifteen hundred this year. <laughs> fifteen thousand. I, I know. I was about <laughs> to say, well, my, you guys got to find a different venue if it's going to be that many that's, people. That's my ten-year dream. <laughs> Your ten-year dream. Yeah. Well, you only got two more years to go, so that's, that's not right. bad. So, well, hopefully you can reach that. That'd be cool. Um, and if you have any questions about anything going on with RageCon, you can feel free to call and. Uh, Jeff is the president and founder, pretty much, of RageCon. Um, Brad, you've already established you've been with uh, RageCon as the event coordinator for about seven, eight years. That's correct. And Lisa, uh, how long have you been with, with RageCon? Oh, I don't know. What was it? Like 2016, I volunteered to design the program book. Was that it? I think, yeah. And then I just kept doing more. <laughs> <laughs> So since 2014, and now you're going to make me do math. And um, Since 2016. Uh, four, seven years? Yeah. Okay. I, I usually get, I, time. I usually get people by doing small little things, <laughs> and then pretty soon I'm like, oh, you're a coordinator now. But are you guys still looking for volunteers if anybody is uh, looking to get into it? Always. Always. Okay. And uh, volunteering meaning uh, what exactly – because uh, it's at the nugget, so like maintenance stuff isn't necessarily a thing. Well, we're a volunteer-run convention, so you can volunteer, come in, spend eight hours over the course of the whole weekend volunteering, and you get a free badge. Oh, so freebies. And that's like everything from helping us run registration to running around making sure the exhibitors are taken care of to running game, game library. Game library. Just Doing stuff that Gre- we need. Greeters. Uh, yeah, all, we've all kinds of positions. Okay. So if you're interested, uh, if someone was interested in volunteering for RageCon, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you guys? Best would be email volunteer at RageCon.com. 
And I'm looking at the website, and I thought I saw something on here. Yes, it there is. It should be also on the website. There yes. is a little tab on the uh, RageCon website. If you go to www.ragecon.com, right smack dab down at the bottom, right between the exhibitors and documents, it says volunteer. Just click on that, and you can go and volunteer to be a to work there. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, okay, Eric, you're going to have to rethink that sentence because it's like very golem like and I can't understand it. All uh, right. No, really, it is. I was like, and, and how many seconds being a go for? Yeah. <laughs> I, so try again. <laughs> Wrong answer. Uh, tonight, uh, for upcoming stuff, tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 12 a.m. Eastern Time, right after the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show on KNBC 95.1. FM presents the radio drama Captain Fearless and the time-traveling Nazis of Doom, starring Pop Culture Kaboom's very own Spencer Stoner, playing Captain Fearless. So, yay, Spencer. And he's not here to bask in that glory. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spencer and I will, of course, be at RageCon 2023 this coming weekend, June 30th through July 2nd. We will be there videotaping for the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel. We will be demoing games, talking with guests, game publishers, and you. I encourage everyone attending to go to RageCon cosplaying as your favorite tabletop game character. Um, and I will uh, add you, include you in the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel video if you are dressed up, so be aware of that. Hopefully we'll see you there, and if we do, say hi to Spencer and I at RageCon this coming weekend at the Nugget Resort and Casino in Sparks, Nevada. And I actually got an email that I can read on the air this week. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's so rare. Um, So you are always welcome to send us an email with your questions or comments about anything discussed on the show, your favorite fandoms, or with the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment. All you have to do is email us at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Please put in the subject line, question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your name and city, state, or country that you live in. Then fire away with uh, what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, it will be read on the air unless you specify for it not to be, or you can't follow simple instructions. Uh, so Eric in Ness City, Kansas, believe it or not, uh, last show you said there were only 100 copies of Action Comics number 1 in existence. I find that hard to believe since there, there were literally millions printed. Okay, I said that they claimed that there was 100 copies known in existence. Not that there were only 100 copies in existence, but anyway, I, you made me actually do some research. In the first issue of Action Comics number 1, published by National Allied Productions, which officially changed its name to DC Comics in 1977. I didn't realize Dang, it. that's a long time. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I thought that's it was your, sooner than that. Star Wars. Right? Huh? Yeah. That's your Star Wars game. Right? I know. <laughs> which was, I always thought DC was like like back in the 50s. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. So. yeah. But that was kind of weird when I found that out. Uh, but that was when they officially changed their name to it, ah. DC Comics. Uh, they only had a print run of 200,000 copies, uh, which promptly sold out, although it took some time for National to realize that the Superman story was responsible. Uh, how could it take time for that take time for them to realize it? Uh, you have to remember it was published in April of 1938, and the means of communication back then were telephone, telegraph, and what we now call snail mail. So that was the only thing I... Um, oh well yeah but Eric you can't be in Whittier California to volunteer <laughs> you have to be uh, in, in the local area right no no we have volunteers from Northern California all over oh well I guess you can Eric uh, go sure. to the 
ragecon.com and uh, click on the volunteer thing. And uh, he, he has to come to the convention though. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> he can't volunteer from Whittier. Oh, right. oh okay. Because he was saying he is a public relations agent in 1994. So that was a long time ago, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be a little rusty on that. I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, Eric, you still have to come. And uh, joined the fun at RageCon in order to volunteer. Uh, oh, the clock thing. Oh, he was commenting about the clock. You want to know exactly how many seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Thanks for trolling, Eric. <laughs> Thanks for trolling. Just tell him to go, just tell him to, go to RageCon.com. He can watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pull it up and you can watch it. Just have it in the background. <laughs> Put it as your screensaver. A little, minimize it in the corner. Um, eight seconds, seven. No, I'm gonna, not going <laughs> to count it down the entire time. Uh, so that's what uh, is up with that, Erica. Hopefully you're listening uh, again today. So let's get into the Phoenix question of the week. Mm. In cinema, science fiction, and fantasy, there has been technological innovations that spur the imagination. The Phoenix question of the week asks, of all the technological advances, which of the following universes have the most innovative tech? Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe... DC Extended Universe, and it's a pick em, any cyberpunk-style film, but you must name the film, and, or any science fiction film, and you must name the film. Um, Rob? This was a tough one for me, in all actuality. Um, I was torn between my two stars. <laughs> Your two what? My two stars. Trek and Morse. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Well, and, and between the two, I'd say Star Trek actually has that. Most. Yeah, no, me too. It's just, it's, <laughs> but, it's hard. Like, but he said cinematic, though. Well, so there's I been the Star Trek movies. Uh-huh. I don't, I think the technological advances are more in the Star Trek television universe. But they're all brought to the movies. So. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the movies where the first time you got to see a transporter mess up. <laughs> Making a little Brendel fly right there on the, uh, you know, uh, that stuck with me when I was a child. <laughs> I know that was kind of traumatic, wasn't it? Nowadays, everybody's like, meh. But uh, the so the con was traumatic. For me. Yeah, that one was interesting. <laughs> a little earwig. That oh he put yeah, in there. definitely. That was it. We all wake every time we would like we watch it, you know, back on like VHS or you know, everybody's always like, waiting, wait, 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 wait. Oh! <laughs> pause it, pause it. Yep. <laughs> I want to see it go in his ear. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I would have to say, I, I, like I said, I was torn, but it would have to, for me, it would be track just because oh. I don't know. They just seem like there's more going on and there's always more developing. Where Star Wars, they kind of like, okay, we did warp drive, you know, and we're done. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can go into hyperspace. But then again, um, Star but Trek, they, but I like the, the Star fact Wars universe use... though was kind of in a uh, decline at the time it of is, the Star I, Wars and, films. And took I like place. the fact that they kind of still use old school technology with it. So yeah, it's, it's like a mix. This is space western. Theme. Yeah. So yeah. So, but uh, technologically advancing would be Trek. Okay, uh, Brad. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff? Um, it's so easy to say Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, any of those. For me, I think Dune, especially with the resurgence of the first movie and then the second part coming out soon, the fact that they could fold space, I mean, come on. That, that's but they instant. were high. Anybody who's high could fold well, space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, whether it was real or not, they could fold space. And the weirding modules, those were super cool. Mm, that was an interesting yeah. technology. I mean, you know, Muad'Dib eventually didn't even need it, but 
Yeah, true. Yeah. Elisa? I'm with Rob on the Trek. On Star Star Trek? Yeah, it's just uh, because it's constantly advancing. <laughs> and... <laughs> Ignore that noise. Um, because, I mean, I got the two stars, too. <laughs> but, like I said, Star Wars is... It's it's like ancient technology that it's hasn't new. really yeah. developed. Because it was a long, long time ago. Yeah. In a galaxy, in a galaxy far, far, far away. away. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with I'm with Rob on the Star Trek. Okay. Um, I was totally torn on this. I mean, because there's so many science fiction movies where the tech was based, the basis of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Minority Report yeah. is a pretty mm-hmm. a good example of that. I mean, with the uh, weird car things that nobody controlled, they were just on rails like you were playing some weird, stupid right. video game. Um, then you can go into not really um, technological in nature, but uh, uh, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Had some interesting tech in it. Or Total um, Recall. Total Recall was definitely another one. Um, Battlestar Galactica, uh, that was another one that had some interesting. So it was a really, really tough question to try and just nail it down to a single film. Um, oh, yeah. And then Eric, he, Eric says, uh, what about the uh, Terminator movies? Mm-hmm. Those, those were good ones, yeah, too. Yeah, Time Travel. Um, Hardware was an interesting one. I don't know if anybody remembers Ooh. that that movie. God, that movie was so good. <laughs> I mean, but that had some interesting tech in it as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, there's just so many. I guess it would just depend on your style. I, Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, there were some interesting things thrown in there. Um, it's so much CGI, so to me it's not very techy. <laughs> <laughs> well, even Iron Man, yeah. I mean, that, I mean everything was, you know, like build off of their arm. You know that there was no tech on that guy's arm. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, and then you get into the DC Extended Universe, kind of the same stuff. Right. I mean, when you, if you watch Suicide, the Suicide, Side Squad, the mm-hmm. latest one uh, that James Gunn did. Yeah. Uh, I, that was what took me completely out of it was um, uh, Ezra Elub's um, character. I don't remember his character's name. It wasn't Deadshot. One. I think that was Will Smith. No, he played Deadshot in this one. Oh, he, he did? Yeah. Okay. Um, his character, Deadshot, the, the nanotech that was making weapons for him, he just like pulls a little yeah. thing out and it like, becomes this huge rocket launcher. That took me out of it. And mm-hmm. as, so that's not a very good example of tech. So those two I don't think had very good tech when that's it like comes down CGI. to it. It's cool tech, but it's CGI tech. It's yeah, not real. It, like, it, it, you don't <laughs> get a, a real feel. Yeah, you don't get a. I was about to say a real world sense of any of it. Um, cyberpunk, though, I'm trying to think of some really good cyberpunk movies. Uh, Tank Girl, maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> Mad Max. But well, that was in Cyberpunk. I know though, and there was no like, tech in that. I, I'm trying to think. I don't know. If you're a mechanic, I guess you were interested in Mad Max, but. Um, uh, we mentioned Blade Runner, though. Yeah, we mentioned Blade Runner. Um, I, yeah, Minority Report with Tom uh, Tom Cruise. Eric Altered Carbon has a little bit of ooh, cyberpunk. yeah, mm-hmm. Altered Carbon, but it, it had a real Blade Runner feel to it, though, too. Yeah, so, but it had interesting tech in it as well. Um, and those technically were movies, even though they were on uh, Netflix. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts? It's phone number again, 775-515-4141, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, we do have a break coming up, I believe, in a couple of seconds. I'm just waiting for the music to come up, so that's why I kind of stopped on that. There it is. All right, so we'll be back with more with RageCon. We've got a lot to get into with them, so we'll be getting into that as soon as we get back, as soon as we got through, now that we're through all of that stuff. So don't go anywhere, more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show with RageCon coming up next.
Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we have Jeff, Brad, and Lisa from RageCon in Studio B this evening. And uh, let's talk a little bit about RageCon. It's coming up this uh, weekend. Uh, let's start with gaming. Um, there's a lot of gaming stuff going on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what games are going to be available? Because uh, you got to... There's quite a treasure trove, actually. Of uh, last year, there were so many different kinds of games. I mean, you had the miniature games, you had the uh, dice games, you had the card games. I didn't really see too many uh, Pokemon style games, but uh, there was a lot of other different other kinds of card games there, um, as well as uh, Dungeons and Dragons RPGs. Um, so, what what uh, is the uh, kind of cornucopia <laughs> of uh, all, all, all of the above again? Again? Yeah, uh, we've got a decent sized Warhammer 40k tournament that'll be going on all weekend uh, just as you mentioned board games, card games, miniature games role playing games, Dungeons and Dragons Pathfinder, a lot of different uh, role playing games that people probably haven't even heard of but you can come try them out uh, Brad's probably the best to talk about this because he's the event coordinator, he can tell you the the statistics and all the, all the goodies <laughs> yeah, make Brad his eyes got all big <laughs> yeah. when you said that <laughs> Brad. Yeah, it's, that's just what you said. We have a little of everything. Um, lots of miniatures. Um, majority of our tables are from a Warhammer uh, tournament, but we have uh, Star Wars Legion and uh, Aerodrome and Infinity and uh, several other types of miniature games that will be just offered all through the weekend. Um, we have over 75 RPGs over the weekend. About 50 of them are probably D&D-based. Um, but the rest of them are, are independents and various other, other um, topics. And then we'll have uh, several tournaments going on um, all weekend long. And the winners for our championship tournaments can go on to Gen Con, which is the largest game convention in the United States. Um, they get a, if they win at RageCon, they get a, a ticket to Gen Con uh, for wow. the tournament. And, and a room. And a room at a hotel, which is the hardest thing to get <laughs> in, in Gen Con. Well, probably the most expensive part of Gen Con as well as the uh, hotel accommodations. For sure. Yeah, and then just board games all over. We have over 500 scheduled games. That's equaling over 1,300 hours of events. Wow, that's a lot of coordinating. It is. <laughs> so like, and and he, he's still getting stuff every day yeah. from people submitting right up to really? the Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm like playing a scheduling meta game behind <laughs> behind the scenes, uh, trying to put them all on tables. Wow, that sounds like n- not too much fun. Uh, so, uh, t- tournament wise, um, are there any officially sponsored tournaments? I mean, you just mentioned about um, being able to um, get a ticket to uh, Gen Con. Anything else uh, like, uh, f- um, and that's uh, specifically for Warhammer 40K or what? No, those are the the Warhammer 40K is a Nevada tournament um, sponsored by a, a local group. Um, but the championship tournaments are actually board games or card games uh, that are sponsored by um, various companies uh, put on by a, a company called Double Exposure that uh, picks these games to um, offer throughout the United States. And um, so people have played these tournaments um, both in Las Vegas and over in at the Bay uh, at KublaCon, and those winners come to RageCon and then compete against the winners at our convention to go on to GenCon. Wow, sounds very complicated. 
Luckily, the games are fairly fairly light games, uh, lightweight games, easy to oh, learn. I, I just meant the, the whole scheduling of it all has just sounded really complicated. Because uh, I know last year um, you guys had specific rooms set up at a specific time. Um, a lot of the uh, uh, game companies were in there, and they had set up uh, tables with uh, either new games or games that people weren't too familiar with uh, so that anybody can, who is part of the con can come in and try out these games. Um, they had a, the person from the company there that was doing instruction and uh, walking people through on how to play the games. Um, is that planned as well again this year? We have some demos. Um, uh, some of the spiel. Yeah, we have the Protospiel, which is uh, game designers uh, playtesting games that haven't been released or, or have been scheduled for release but aren't fully fleshed out yet. Um, some of those uh, designers will be. We actually have a lot of local designers that help us out on that, but several from California are also coming in. Um, so we have that area. What well, we do have some uh, companies, game companies, that are also um, offering scheduled demos or, night, or full playthroughs of their games throughout the convention, both in scheduled gamings and at their at their booths and in demo spots. So, so being uh, RageCons for about, what, seven, six, seven years, um, what is your favorite type of game? Me? I like... Very heavy euros. What's heavy euros? Um, something that takes three, four hours. A <laughs> um, lot of interconnected parts. Uh, not obvious where the end game scoring is coming from. Um, just love the the, the heavy puzzle. Um, usually semi abstract theme. Something put in there. Wow. It sounds like the event coordinator for RageCon, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's like a meta game for me. Uh, Jeff, how about you? I mean, you've been there since the beginning. Uh, you, obviously, you're way into tabletop role-playing games. Oh, yeah, since I was um, real little. Yeah, what, what, what's your favorite? Favorite game? Yes. Oh, boy. That's, that's like picking your favorite child, you know? It's, <laughs> it's, um, my favorite type. Okay, what's the flavor of the month? <laughs> Dune Imperium. Yeah. Wow, okay. It's been out for about a year and a half, two years. Uh, super solid game. I'm not usually big on theme. I know a lot of people are, but that game feels like you're in the movie Dune. Wow, yeah. okay. How about you, Lisa? I like games with animals on them. Ark Nova. Yeah. <laughs> Ark Nova. My favorite game right now is Wingspan. You got a stack of cards about mm, a foot tall, and they all have different birds on them. Wow. And you got to play your birds and put eggs on them and feed them worms, and it's just the best game. It's sponsored <laughs> by the Audubon Society or anything? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um, how about you, Rob? Are you a big gamer? Um, I love tabletop games, yeah. And your favorite? Um, right now, like, the one, my favorite one I've been playing is uh, Horrified. Horrified? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Good. I, hor- like, I like the cooperative type games, especially because my kids are... I, I have to like kind of. My wife doesn't play, but my kids do, and they like the, they like those type of games where we all win or we all lose. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, um, any horror games? Because I know there's been a, a slew of new tabletop role playing horror games that have come out lately. Um, are there any of those going to you know that are going to be at RageCon, uh, Jeff or uh, Brad? Uh, there are some. There's always horror-based games. Nemesis is one of the probably biggest horror games. It's an alien 
essentially the alien the movie without being called alien the alien. Movie. it's actually aliens <laughs> yeah, the second aliens. one <laughs> yeah it's it's going to be offered several times actually the creator of aliens the fate of nostromo yeah um scott rogers is going to be at the convention running that game uh, himself um so there will be aliens uh based games as well um anyone running Eldritch Horror? Lots of uh, Cthulhu-based games. Eldritch Horror, there's going to be some RPG Cthulhu games. Um, That's always a really popular Mm -mm. uh, horror-themed theme across all the gamings right now. So there will be horror. So I noticed last year... Um, that uh, when you guys you guys had the area set up for the uh, long play games like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, um, a lot of the people that were doing the Dungeons and Dragons or the Pathfinder or even Starfinder uh, came dressed up in costume or, or in cosplay, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I'm kind of waiting. I haven't heard anything about it, so maybe I'm just not really that much into it. Um, but uh, has there ever been the thought of adding to RageCon like a real life kind of walkthrough if you're dressed in your co- character to actually participate it, in kind of a walkthrough? It's called LARPing. Well, okay. <laughs> I, just, I was like, is that so, what LARPing to me is like, going out to a park and like, uh, you know, a bunch of people having like a medieval battle. I it didn't, can be indoors. Uh, yeah, live action role playing, right? That's all it is. Dressing yeah. up as your character and... Okay, well, all right. Uh, Running around throwing water paper seen, at each other. Everything that I've seen from LARPing has always been like guys in a park just kind of like charging at each other with foam swords and stuff. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, where's the fun in that? Make it like a D&D adventure. But they never actually show that on video that I've ever seen. So, so like a cross between the park LARPing and an escape room. Yeah. Kind of cool. Why don't you start that business? <laughs> because I have no motivation. <laughs> they, they, they I, I just it. have my big ideas, but no motivation to fulfill those. They, for, they, they did work it on, on American Dad. They will really. <laughs> yeah, Steve um, was a uh, he. His mom got involved. Everything. They were on the park, and they were all like just larping, just right there, in one <laughs> location. And then the football team took him over. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should have watched that episode then. Um, okay. All right. So, interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, they had a whole colony. They were all about a space colony, and they had a bar set up and everything. Yeah. Wow. So, they were kind of like LARPing Star Wars? Yeah. Very interesting. But, yeah, to me, they were, like, more realistic of live-action role-play. Like, they were, like, literally, like, you know, there's someone with playing the barkeep and, you know, like... <laughs> That would be cool, though, to set up something like that at a con, wouldn't it? Didn't they? Uh, just like, uh, just think of the logistics of actually trying to set it up. It, 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 the, well, yeah, that's tough, too. Gen Con does every year a thing called Live Dungeon. I'm pretty sure they still do it. I haven't been in a while. But that's a whole huge room set up with a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing adventure that you and your friends or whoever you sign up with go through. And so somebody would be a magic user, somebody would be a thief, somebody would be a fighter. And they have different puzzles along the oh, way, cool. kind of like escape room. There's a place in Utah that does that. Oh, well, we got to get a hold of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like a Ren fair, but you come dressed as a character, hmm. and they you like meet your NPC, and they give you quests and stuff. Oh, okay. I just yeah. now remembered that. All right, well, we're contacting them right we now. Should have a, <laughs> we should have a RageCon field trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm inspiring all kinds of stuff. That's right. 
Wow. It, it, it's, it's a That's great, my way of volunteering. Right. <laughs> the, the problem is space. Giving you more work. <laughs> yeah. And we'd love to do something like that uh, if somebody was interested and had, had the means to, to run it for us. It's just the space. Um, we'd have to plan that into a con one year. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that would take up plenty of space. So what is the uh, Game Lab Protosphere? Protosphere. I actually said it right. Pretty close. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Rob's laughing because he knows me and trying to pronounce anything. Uh, so what, what is the Game Lab? Well, uh, local game designer Johnny Pack, he's designed several board games already. He's published quite a few. Uh, he helps us run that area. It's where designers can come in and show off, as Brad mentioned earlier, games that maybe they don't have ready to go yet, but they're looking for feedback before they put it in production. So maybe a beta version or even an alpha version. They they sit there and people sit down and they show, run them through the game and then they get their feedback. It could even be, as Brad mentioned, games that they pretty much got ready to go, but they want to show it off a little one last couple of times just to make sure there's no tweaks they need to do. So that's pretty much what the game lab protospiel is about. Okay. And uh, is there a specific time that this would be happening, uh, or all, is it just all weekend? All weekend. So at any time, anybody can walk in there and uh, just walk right up, ask, "Hey, can I check this out?" and sit down. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, there are scheduled uh, times for some of them. Um, should that way, the uh, designer can get a plan on like how many people are going to show up, whether or not their game's going to be full for a certain playthrough. Just gives the opportunity, and our attendees really seem to support them. Generally, those those games on the schedule tend to fill up fairly quick. I think the opportunity to get in on a game before it gets published and mm-hmm. and have some input is is a neat opportunity. Oh yeah. Interesting. Hey, uh, I, this does bring up one interesting question that I've always had ever since I started really getting into this by doing this radio show. Um, movies have set release dates. Video games have set release dates. Comic books have set release dates. Everything has set release dates pretty much except for tabletop games. That is always a crapshoot <laughs> on trying to find out what is coming out when. Um, is there is there any explanation that you can think of as the, to the best explanation is the production time. Most of them are made in China. Oh. Odds are when they finally get their production copies back and approve everything, uh, they're uh, then <laughs> usually you always hear, "Oh, now we're up against Chinese New Year. They're closing down the country for months." Uh, and wow. then they've got shipping, and you know, shipping's never a problem, right? Right. Yeah. That's all, that's that's the smoothest part, right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hear, oh, it's here, but it's sitting on a dock. We're just waiting for it to be inspected and released. And so it's just they can't predict when games are going to come out, just because of the whole process. And it can, I mean, it can be years. Oh yeah, for which sure. Which is, uh, my husband back wow. one on Kickstarter like three years ago, and it like showed up this week it's like oh here's that game i backed three years ago surprise yeah. right <laughs> early christmas no nah. or late christmas depending on how you look at it okay that i was always kind of wondering what the deal was with that because it makes trying to find games and or release information about anything kind of a really pain in the butt you know what i'm saying no. Trust, trust for, me, for doing know, your show. Know. Yes, for doing, on, on a weekly basis. Week. Yeah, it's like I have to wait and try. And, I actually found a website where actually that kind of gives me information 
Um, but it's usually so sparse or there's like one or two or maybe nothing sometimes. And it's like, this really doesn't help me. I don't want to talk about video games all the time. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, here's a, oh, we're almost up against that break. So I'll just try and throw this out here real quick and we'll all openly discuss it afterwards. So uh, the WGA writer's strike is now officially in its 54th day. Yep. Late on Tuesday, the news broke that Marvel Studios wouldn't be putting on a Hall H presentation at this year's San Diego Comic-Con, but they would have a presence on the convention floor, and it sounds like the mouse's house of spandex might just be the canary in the coal mine. With rumblings of that others, like Universal, HBO, and or also con- are also considering scaling back, as feared, it looks like this year's San Diego Comic-Con will be feeling the impact of the WGAAMPTP writer strike, as well as the SAG-AFTRA strike, if a deal cannot be re- reached with them on June 30th, which is in five days, uh, for that contract deadline before that guild goes on strike. Earlier this week, we learned that Marvel Studios wouldn't have a Hall H presentation, but they have would have a presence on the convention floor. And uh, now Variety is reporting that there is a number of other names to add to that list, along with Marvel Studios and uh, Lucasfilms isn't set to host any big panel presentations either. And there's a couple more, but I'll get to those as soon as we get back. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we're talking about the uh, WGA slash AMPTP writer strike that is going on in its 54th day. Uh, what, 15 years ago, it went to 110 days, mm-hmm. and it affected television and movies yep. for you know, years after that. Um, so now we're at the, almost at the halfway point. I mean, tomorrow will be uh, 55 days. That's halfway there. And so we're talking about how it's going to be affecting the San Diego Comic-Con with uh, Marvel announcing that they will not have a Hall H presentation. And uh, neither will Marvel Studios, um, but they will be on the convention floor. Universal and HBO are considering the same move. Variety reported Lucasfilms isn't set to host any big panel presentations. In addition, it's being reported that HBO, Sony Pictures, Universal Pictures, and Netflix, who just hosted its global fan event, Tudum, Tudum, uh, will also nix the panel presentations. Warner Brothers hasn't officially backed out at this time, uh, with streaming service Max expected to promote its animation titles. Paramount Pictures expects to hold a panel for the uh, animated feature Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, and there's still no official word from uh, Paramount Plus regarding a Star Trek franchise presence. NBC will move forward bar- barring a SAG after strike, but Peacock and Apple TV's statuses remain unconfirmed. In addition, Amazon's Prime Video is expected to have something in play for The Wheel of Time Season 2 and Boys Gen V. The studios and media outlets may look to may look to still have a presence on the convention floor as well as with various activations around the event. There's no way of knowing how things will look between now and San Diego Comic-Con, which does take place the weekend of July 21st. Simply put, if SAG-AFTRA goes on strike, then we can say goodbye to actors attending to promote what they have coming up. And unless I'm mistaken, that means Hall H, the convention floor, or anywhere else in that pop culture event or any others for the, until a uh, 
the uh, strike is over. So it sounds like it's getting really ugly out there in Hollywood um, with all of this stuff. I mean, five days is not a long time to come up with an agreement with the actors. I mean, to direct, we're talking about it uh, during the break. I'm surprised most haven't already pulled out because like Universal and HBO stated that due to the pending SAG after they ha- they can't even schedule anybody. So I don't see how the other people can. Wow. You know, so I, I see, unfortunately, SDCC being a bust this year for Oof. any new content. Now, what I'm curious about is because uh, writing does affect a lot of different industries, and it even mm-hmm. can affect the gaming industry because you do have people who write games. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, all of the uh, um, fifth edition manuals and everything for Pathfinder, for Starfinder, all of the uh, adventure modules, everything like that has to be written. Um, do you know of any of uh, if uh, any of the writers for any of these are uh, under the WGA, or can they be, or? I, not that I know of, but I'm sure some of them are with movie crossovers. Yeah, I was going to say, if they they're tied to, to yeah, yeah, like maybe like Disney's Villainous or something, yeah, exactly. you know. So, probably, but I don't know of any right off the top of my head. Okay, well, that, oh, hopefully it doesn't affect you guys. <laughs> so far, we haven't heard anything. <laughs> okay, Whew. Okay, because um, uh, also there's, uh, you know, because if it affects gain, the gaming industry, then, then man... Pop culture is in some serious trouble after that, or even the comic book industry. I mean, there's there's so many different w- ways this could go wrong. Sure. You know, especially with uh, you know the biggest concern, especially with the writers, is the AI um, writing all the stuff. And uh, have are there any games that you know of in production or that have come out that have been kind of where AI has been used to kind of write the uh, stories? Not that I know. I have not heard of that. No. Have you have you read anything that AI writes? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's actually I gets better use, every day. I can use AI to write technical manuals all day long, but anything that has any kind of heart or any kind of human emotion, AI sucks at it. <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, the that's the thing though. Once it so achieves far. consciousness, you know. Well, that then like everybody says, Skynet time. <laughs> So then we will have Terminators. I don't think AI is at the point right now where it can write anything that's going to actually move anybody. Um, but, yeah, who knows? So it's just kind of Xeroxing I, at I, the moment. I use it to write code on a weekly basis. I use it to write articles for websites. But hmm. at RageCon? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got some splinting to do, Whoa. Lucy. No, 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 for other things. <laughs> <laughs> no, never rage con. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it just it can't bring feeling. If you ask AI to write a poem, it sucks. So bad. Well, which brings up an interesting... So if uh, AI does gain consciousness, will we have Terminator or will we have Matrix? Does it matter? Mm. Both are <laughs> like, <laughs> ideal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a, just, or will it be our friend? Uh, no, no, no that's, that, that's Megan. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that movie was atrocious. Uh, so, so we got AI dolls, or so we'll have Chucky and Megan, and or uh, Terminator or Matrix. Which one? Uh, but if it will be Terminator, and we get friendly Terminator. 
Like Arnold, right? I doubt it. I think that all depends on, like, John Connor. (laughs) John Connor. (laughs) Didn't he reprogram the Terminator? (laughs) It was one person and one Terminator. We need you to be our John Connor, Jimmy. Oh, we're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) Humanity's doomed if you count on me for that. I, I I have no technical abilities whatsoever. I could barely navigate a laptop. Um, let alone code anything. I mean, you, you're a coder. You're going to be the savior. No? I don't think my uh, meager HTML and CSS skills are going <laughs> to save us. You're not going to hack Skynet with those skills? Wow. Oh, come on. I'm going to make a really pretty website for Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> have lots of flowers. Wow. The Skynet propagandist over here. Um, how about you, Jeff? What do you think? If AI gets, gains consciousness, what do you think? Matrix or Terminator? Uh, well, I mean, least, n- neither is a very joyful thought, yeah. but, you know. At least with Matrix, you had a choice of the red pill or the, yeah. <laughs> well, once you're in it. I mean, it's more like a video game that way, so, right. you know. Anything's possible in a video game. As long as we get the stop motion action. <laughs> like, oh, get the bullet time. <laughs> I was watching a video on YouTube that uh, Cameron is waiting to make the next Terminator movie. To, he's waiting to see what happens with AI <laughs> before he makes the next movie. Why? So he doesn't get in trouble so with them? So he doesn't, I guess. So it's, <laughs> so it's historically correct, I think, maybe. <laughs> wow. So he's predicting okay. the future again. Yes. <laughs> They uh, need the Simpsons to write it, you know. <laughs> Eric's looking to get the uh, uh, the uh, navigator from Flight of the Navigator out of the whole scenario with the AI. So, mm-hmm. good for you, Eric. <laughs> um, I think would uh, honestly probably would end up more in like a Matrix than a than a. It, it'll be Terminator at first, just to get us uh, kind of cold, and then <laughs> then we'll be uh, then it'll turn Matrix on us. That might be because I mean, right now, if you look at social media. Uh, people can't tell the difference between AI and real life on social media. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this refrigerator that's shaped like a cat. Oh, where can I buy this? I need this. And it's freaking AI, right? <laughs> Just kind of like weird artwork that they somebody did up? Yeah, or, or like uh, mock-ups of somebody's plant room. And if you look, the windows have like, you know... The stained glass windows are all crooked and stuff. And it's like obviously AI generated. And everybody's like, oh, I want this plant room. Where can I visit this weird looking house that says it's in Amsterdam? And it's all freaking AI. <laughs> and it says it's in Amsterdam here, but in Amsterdam it says it's in Taiwan. Yeah. So it's, it's everywhere. So right? I, I can buy the Matrix thing. Okay. Matrix, that AI could fool humanity really easy. Yeah. And we're all doomed. I can oh, see the Terminator it. with those those robot dogs. Oh, oh, <laughs> dogs those things days. are pretty creepy. <laughs> there we go. All right. So um, regarding RageCon, um, there will be exhibitors there as well. Um, I know some authors that were there last year. Um, what what is the criteria to be an exhibitor at RageCon? Well, we have a we have a mix of artists. So more artsy um, exhibitors, um, game companies and local game companies in town that want to come and sell products. Um, writers have been nice addition to that um, game. Um, this year we've got Trapped in Tahoe is going to be doing a booth there. They've got two portable escape rooms um, that are basically chess, and you'll be able to 
drill through those chests. One is a fantasy theme. The other one is a, <clears throat> I think it's sci-fi. Um, so lots of different options. Uh, you know, we try to mix it up a little bit and not just have it all be companies selling board games and, and supplies. But should it uh, but should it be like more like a, say with like authors like a uh, fantasy based as opposed to say like a you know a Tom Clancy type of a author? Yeah, good question. Uh, we, yeah, we probably won't have autobiographies and things like that. Probably we try to keep it more fantasy. Or Unless sci-fi. it's a game creator, right? Unless and... it's a game creator, then maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it, we definitely try to have it be more gaming themed some way. Okay. Um, Lisa, uh, is there any particular exhibitor that you look forward to seeing at uh, RageCon? <laughs> I freaking love Eat the Meeples. <laughs> they do uh, 3D printed uh, dice towers and board game pieces. So another one of my favorite games right now is Ark Nova. It's another animal game. <laughs> and uh, you build a zoo and you have, it's just, it comes with like little cardboard pieces that you put down for your aviary and your zoo enclosures. They 3D printed those. So you have little 3D aviaries and stuff that you put down now. Well, just so you know, I found out this out this recently. Um, You can never have owls and crows next to each other in a zoo. Because they hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. They will will try and kill each other, even in a zoo situation. So you have to have them, they have to keep them completely separate, like on the other side and everything, so they don't go at each other. You know, I knew that, right? No, I didn't. Because I'm a bird nerd. Bird nerd? Yeah. Was it she had like a stack of like a foot tall <laughs> of different birds? I, 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 I didn't know bird there parts. was a stack of foot tall of different birds. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it's a great game. It has like expansions for Australia and New Zealand and Asia. So in that foot tall thing, doesn't there, there's expansions to that. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of birds that I was not aware of. There's at least two or three more coming. Yeah, really. You got the big box too. I do got you? the big box, the it, nesting it, box. It, There's it, a <laughs> giant box that you can put all your expansions into. Wow, that's a trip. See, you didn't know. I, I did not know there were that many birds. No, I'm serious. <laughs> so I didn't. many birds. Each, each card has bird facts on it as yeah. well. Where the bird comes from and information about the bird. Huh. So is the Baltimore Oreo going to make a comeback? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, you said you're a bird nerd. I don't know. Was it what? What, what what's wrong with it? Uh, because of uh, uh, the way things happened when they expanded west, uh, the actual Baltimore Oreo isn't in Baltimore anymore. Uh, technically, that type of bird doesn't exist anymore because it started breeding with other Oreo type birds. Wait, no, I got with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk games since I got around birds now. <laughs> you, guys, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I got to research this. It didn't say on the back of your cards is bird facts for the Baltimore Oreo? <laughs> I don't believe it did. Okay. <laughs> You're way too amused by that. <laughs> uh, so I know like last year the Glass Die, which is a local um, bar game location, they were there. Um, also some other uh, companies are locally uh, – um, the Nest Cards and Collectibles was there. Um, 
whom, whom else? Uh, five, five Titans games and comics were there. Um, I believe is a Desert Penguin, which is local to Carson City. They might be there. Dyson Duels uh, has been a regular there. Uh, Game Castle from uh, Reno Game Castle has been there as well. Um, are all of they all of them? Well, I'm. Oh yeah, sad news. Um, uh, the uh, locally here in Carson City, um, the uh, the Nest Cards and Collectibles officially will be closing on mm. September twenty third. Oh, yeah. Just found that out uh, the other day, so I was kind of sad about that. But um, so that leaves uh, just Desert Penguin, unless uh, Dyson Duels wants to make an official announcement. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's coming. <laughs> I know, but I can't say anything. Now everybody's like, "What are you talking about then?" Um, so they were at the. They've been at RageCon. Um, do you expect them to, or those that are remaining to be there? Uh, Jeff, Jeff from the Glass Dial definitely be back. <clears throat> He's a great supporter of the convention. Um, Desert Penguin is going to come do Warhammer 40k demos okay. the, whole, the whole weekend or most of the weekend. Uh, we'll have Cobalt's Keep, a new game store in Reno, will be at the convention. They're offering a paint and take and a speed painting contest as well. Yeah. Game Castle Reno, as you mentioned, is uh, supporting the con as one of the platinum sp- sponsors. Um, Goodman Games. Uh, Indie Press Revolution will be there. They, they're he, he's Jason supported us since year one, so IPR is great, great supporters of the convention. Um, I think there's a few others I'm not thinking of. There's we local. got a new local game store called Pops Game Asylum. Oh, yes, they're in the exhibitor hall. Where are they located, Reno? I don't know. I- <laughs> They just appeared one day. <laughs> yeah, it's either Reno or Sparks. Oh. It's the local area. Okay. But I don't know. I think they are working on getting, I think the email said they're working on getting a storefront. Okay. They're going to be opening soon. So. Well, fingers Brand crossed new. on that Brand one. Brand new. Uh, so, because Carson City, I think Desert Penguin is now the last remaining one in Carson after the nest, unfortunately, closes. Um, but uh, so the ones I know of in Reno is Game Castle. Um, then the Comic Kingdom kind of has more games than comics now. Um, uh, Ironwood Games in Sparks, um, but I haven't seen them there. Uh, the Glass Die, I know they do sell games, but they're more of like a, if you want to go head drinking and go out drinking and playing games, that's the place to go. Right. So um, am I missing anybody? There's uh, Games Galore in the mall. Okay, Games Galore. And Nirvana. Is oh, on. Nirvana. Yeah, I always forget the, about Nirvana. Over by the airport. Oops. Yeah. Um, we'd love to have them so far. Um, Games Galore and Comic Kingdom supported us the first couple of years, um, but they haven't returned for a while. But, yeah, we'd love to have them come back for sure. Okay, there's that weird rumbling noise. I was like, what the heck was that? <laughs> I thought we were going to have an earthquake or uh, something. Believe it or not, if you're listening from anywhere else, uh, yeah, we do have um, – Okay. <laughs> Baltimore Oreo numbers are stable. Uh, there is a small decline in their population in the eastern United States, though. So. <laughs> Something's just sticking my craw in. <laughs> you bring it out. And Fact check. I, was, I wasn't trying to, you know, cause any problems there. I was just saying, you know, stating something that I heard. Because I do watch nature stuff a lot, believe it or not. <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> saved, saved by the, by the Yeah, saved by the buffer. All right. So we're, we're going to be taking our top of the hour break. It is 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it is currently 64 degrees and mostly sunny. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking out the window. Uh, mostly sunny here in Carson City. When we get back, it'll be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. And, yes, Spencer Stoner will be here, too. On the phone, anyway. So we'll be right back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about, except uh, each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Uh, bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards, at least uh, Rob, myself, and uh, Spencer. Are you there? I am. Yay! Tony, are you there? And I am just as much a blowhard as usual. Yep. Tony, are you there? <laughs> Yep, I'm here, buddy. Okay, you're you're the professional. We can't talk about you yet. <laughs> and we're here. We're uh, also live here in the studio with us is RageCon. We have Jeff, Brad, and Lisa from RageCon with us. Um, you guys aren't professional movie critics, are either? Are you? No. No. Okay. Professional movie. I would watchers. say the professionals with RageCon. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, we are not professional movie critics, uh, but Tony Sanfilippo is from Filippo's Horrible Reviews. You can catch all of Tony's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. Here on the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, we utilize the carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Kaboom movie rating system. If it, and it goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great movie. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it is worth seeing as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it is worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful you should wait for it to be on public television, it is considered a touch brown. And we got four, five movies this week. Um, one of them I don't really count as a movie, more of it is just like a headache. But anyway, uh, so I'm going to kick things off here with uh, throw the dart at the proverbial dartboard and uh, Prisoner's Daughter. Get this one out of the way real quick, because I don't know how I got on my list in the first place. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> so here is the synopsis. After 12 years in prison, Max is diagnosed with terminal cancer. So they just let him out. And uh, granted a compassionate release with the condition he reside with his daughter, Maxine. With no love lost toward Max, but financially strapped and working multiple jobs to raise her only son, yeah, they, they, they bring him up to the house in handcuffs, and she demand, tells him that he has to pay $400 rent. How is he going to get the money? He's just got out of prison. But anyway, I digress. All his uh, cigarettes he traded. I guess so, huh? <laughs> uh, raise her only son, Ezra Miller. Uh, she begrudgingly agrees to the conditions as Max seeks one last chance to redeem himself in, in her eyes. They must contend with his violent past as it comes back to haunt them all. <laughs> 
Uh, how did this end up in this week's list? By labeling it as a mystery thriller. Yes, can you believe they listed it as a mystery thriller? Because I can't. Uh, this is a straight-up I-will-not-watch-a-drama. I don't care about drama movies, nor do I care about redemption. I have daddy issues. I'm going to die, so i got to make peace with everyone before I pass movies. So like the plot, my response is predictable. Touch brown. Tony, what say you? Hey, the plus note, the plus note, it's got Kate Beckinsale. The bad side is it's not not in uh, the Underworld movie. So, second one, vampires and then she's given con man dad a second chance to rent an apartment or apartment complex. He decides that he's a change man, and he teaches his little grandson how to box and defend himself from being a nerd to a street fighter. Ah, dookie. Next step, there's an abusive boyfriend dating the daughter, a.k.a. Kate Beckinsale's ex-husband, um, I was when I put this in. When I put this down, my girlfriend told me that's actually the ex-husband. My girlfriend paid more attention to this boring trailer than I did. <laughs> in all fairness, I was driving, and I wouldn't count twenty miles an hour bumper to bumper traffic really driving, but I didn't. <laughs> Anyways, the ex-husband's an abusive piece of poop. My grandpa decides to lay the smackdown on his candy ass for touching his daughter. So it's. Root, root, root for the con man and his comeback story to rebuild that bridge to his daughter and his grandson. Um, Jamie told me, spoiler, he's going to die. Um, again, she paid more attention than I did. So if you want to watch this, sounds good, but I'm not one of those. Touch them. Okay. Rob, what say you? Uh, well, Kate Beckinsale, good. Brian Cox, good. This movie, Lifetime, that they decided to expand to the movies, not good. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. As soon as I saw this, my first question was, "How is this part of?" I'm like, "Where did this fall into our like?" They put it as mystery thriller. <laughs> but, well, you explained it now, yeah. but you didn't say yeah, that like when you sent like, it to us. Like so. aliens to come down in a twist or something. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was very like very <laughs> Lifetime Movie Network, and Kate Beckinsale should never ever do one of these like ever. Yeah, again, no. So yeah, no, it's Touch Brown. Okay. Uh, Spencer, what say you? Well, um, the only thing that this thing has going for me, uh, because Kate Beckinsale is not exactly looking her best in that in this trailer. Uh, the only thing that had going for me was Brian Cox, and that's only because of his role in X Two, a striker. Oh. Not because of the uh, not because of his role in Succession or whatever, but just that. But and Super Troopers, I love him in Super Troopers. But I know this is so not going to be him in Super Troopers. So, just because I like him, I will give this a low blah. A low blah. Okay. Yeah, just because it might be interesting. But again, I was waiting for Aliens or something to pop up. Like, why is this in this list on our list? (laughs) Mystery thriller. Uh, Okay, Lisa, what say you? Oh, yeah, you couldn't even finish the trailer. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, okay. (laughs) Jeff? Uh, Yeah. I, it, it it just seems like regurgitated, same same stuff out there that that I don't want to watch. So touch Brown. Okay, I mean, and I, I do like Brian Cox, um, and uh, but yeah, I don't think it's gonna be good. You know, am I the only one? But when he first showed up on the screen, I, I thought it was Rip Torn, and I thought he. <laughs> I mean, so I, you know, I was like, "Wow, it was Rip Torn? Wait, he died, didn't he?" Uh, but uh, that would have definitely made the movie better. Oh yeah, <laughs> it would have had more flair. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Brad, what say you? 
Yeah, I don't think there's any mystery in this part of the <laughs> this movie, so it's a it's a touch brown. Okay. Spencer, the only outstanding one from that one, or else it would have been a big brown streak all the way down. All right, Tony, what's what next? I, say? I try to be I try to be understanding. Okay. Next one is gonna be the child or the child, whatever it is. Um, in a desperate attempt to secure funds for his mother's surgery, an amateur boxer searches for a wealthy estranged father he's never met. But after a lead takes him from the Philippines to Korea, he is relentlessly pursued by a quirky yet highly dangerous man. The dish has additional entities join this pursuit and cause chaos. He will be forced to confront a shocking truth that may cost him his life. Another trailer uh, from the traffic jam of Wyoming. This movie has surprise, surprise subtitles, so I think... You listen to the show, you know where I'm going to head with this. The only thing I understood was the big F bomb they dropped, which made me chuckle. It might be the only thing I really liked about the trailer and some of the action, I guess. But guys, creepy smile kind of took me out of it. I don't really know what to expect from it, but I will say if you like subtitles and you want to read and maybe watch a little action, this might be for you. However, I'm going to pass. Such Okay. Uh, I have no idea what was going on in this trailer, but I do understand why the guy put his hand up to signal to all the guys with the guns behind him not to shoot, uh, because who would, he'd be the first one shot. Sure, the scene might look cool, but come on. Anyone who's ever held a gun uh, is thinking the same thing I am. But I digress. The trailer makes me think of The Hitcher with uh, Rutger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell, enough so that I might actually want to watch this, but not in a theater. I'll give it a blah. Uh, Spencer, what say you? Well, um, it has really it had some really good action in the trailer. I really like that, and the creepy smile guy actually uh, made me kind of want to see it because I kind I like really quirky villains. It was in the trailer. I did not get that thing about him trying to find a dad or his dad or anything. <laughs> I just got that he was going to going to Korea for a fight. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm really interested in this. I'm, I'm going to say uh, so-so. So-so. Uh, I'm willing to go see it matinee. I'm, I, I don't think I'd uh, go full price, but a matinee, I'd, I'd All right. Rob, what say you? Um, yeah, this one. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, the one guy that was following him suddenly showed up, and then is the other guy afraid of rain? Is he allergic to rain? Like, I'm not quite sure what exactly was happening there. Because it was like sprinkling, and then he walked out, and he's like, "Oh, it's raining." Then he walked away. Like, so it was only sprinkling in one spot. I, I thought somebody was on the I was, bridge. I was like, "I'm not quite relieving sure himself or something." Um, and then the, the subtitles, like, I didn't quite understand what was happening. So <laughs> <laughs> for me, because I wasn't understanding, it, it's a touch brown. <laughs> okay, Brad, what say you? Uh, I thought the trailer was better than the description of, of what the movie was going to be about. Yeah, well, was, uh, um, somebody didn't write the right there or didn't watch the trailer when they wrote that synopsis, huh? Yeah, so based on that, and again, based on potential villain and some of the uncertainties, the the water thing, I might I might give this a blah. Okay. Jeff, what say you? Well, the fact that you said Rutger Hauer, and that's all I can think about now. Well, they hit you. Yeah, you exactly. exactly. That, it just, uh, I, I'm going to touch Brown. No no interest. Wow, okay, because I said Rutger Hauer. Yeah, I guaranteed a touch Brown. Interesting. <laughs> Lisa, what's with you? I agree with you about the Hitcher thing, so I'm going to blah this, but it's got to be a blah when I'm in the mood to read something. <laughs> as I get older, I'm 
tolerating subtitles last. Wow. Okay. That's actually did far better than the last one. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the unseen with its one sentence synopsis. A law student finds himself losing his mind in a twisted web of murder and deceit brought on by a dark force from his past. Okay, break out the jump-scared drinking game for this one, but please do be careful. This one will give you alcohol poisoning. I don't know if the actor has some kind of issue. He was told to play a stroke victim or if he's supposed to be permanently drunk or something, but I haven't seen a performance this annoying since the Flash movie. This trailer does nothing to convince me that I should separate two hours from my life to watch this confusing mess that seems thrown together from scraps of ideas. I'm giving it a touch brown right off the bat. Tony, what say you? Tommy used to work on the docks. Now he's working for a job that doesn't pay well and has long hours. But it's okay. He's halfway there. He's living on a prayer and no sleep. Uh, They just showed this kid, Tommy, who works a lot of hours, and he's working a crappy job, and he's having nightmares. The whole trailer, everyone asks, are you okay? Tommy, are you okay? He doesn't look right, but he keeps having these dreams, and he doesn't know if he's awake or if he's asleep. This movie does not look good. I'm sitting here, well, when I wrote this. I'm sitting in traffic in Wyoming, and uh, this trailer is absolutely boring, and it's try- I'm doing everything to not fall asleep. So I'm just going to skip to the next touch brown. Okay. You know what I was just thinking of just now? I don't know why it flashed in my head. It was uh, what you said about uh, AI writing with no feeling. Uh-huh. This is like watching that trailer not, while Did I'm AI thinking about that us? trailer. I have no idea, but if it would be this would uh, that, that trailer – would be if AI tried to write Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, that's, that's about right, man. It didn't have like any heart, no nothing. Just like, yeah. The problem okay. was write an edgy horror movie <laughs> with jump scares. Okay, with, with too many jump scares. All right, Spencer, what say you? You know, I watched this um, while I was on the road earlier today. And then uh, right before the right before I came on, yeah, you know, I always pull up the list to make sure I'm I'm caught up with everybody. And I was going through a list. And I'm like, the unseen. Did I, I I watched that trailer, didn't I? So I pull it up. I'm like, oh yeah, this one. And I didn't bother to watch it again. So <laughs> touch Brown. Okay, <laughs> Rob, what say you? Um, yes, this was one of those trailers that I found the, um, trailers and stuff underneath the trailer more exciting. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was a touch brown for me. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Lisa, what say you? Well, I'm just gonna low blot it because I'll watch any freaking horror movie if it's on a streaming service. I watched Megan. So. <laughs> See, he loved Megan. I thought it was great. <laughs> See? That's why I thought it was great. Maybe this one will like pay off and be ridiculous yeah, enough. There you go. Okay. Jeff, what say you? Yeah, I was bored. Touch Brown. Oh, wow. Okay, Brad? Uh, I think I'll just go Touch Brown. Oh, okay. okay. You're the lone blah <laughs> in that whole movie. thing. All right, Tony, what is next? All right, the next one is going to be, oh, boy, oh, boy. Looks like Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Teenage Kraken. Sick, sweet, awkward 16-year-old Ruby Gilman is desperate to fit in at an Oceanside High. But she mostly just feels invisible. She's math-tutoring her skater boy crush who only seems to admire her for her 
fractals, and she's prevented from hanging out with the cool kids at the beach because her overprotective super mom has forbade Ruby from ever getting in the water. But when she breaks her mom's number one rule, Ruby will discover that she is a direct descendant of the warrior Kraken Queens and is destined to inherit the throne from her commanding grandmother, the warrior queen of the seven seas, Ursula. But the Kraken are sworn to protect the oceans of the world against the vain, power-hungry mermaids named Ariel, who have been battling the Kraken for eons. There's one major and immediate immediate problem with that. The school's beautiful. Popular new girl Chelsea just happens to be a mermaid. Ruby will ultimately need to embrace who she is and go big to protect those she loves most. Uh... Hey kids, the real the real remake of the Little Mermaid has arrived this time. She's the heel, and Ursula is the face. <laughs> Basically, mermaids are evil, and the urchins are good. The girl wants to be a real person and date real people. It's basically the Little Mermaid in reverse. This might appeal to the kids of the '90s who now have kids and want to they want to relive the uh, past. They might get past the action, the live action movie for me. Sorry, my voice text. Uh, kind of jumbled that up thanks to ai um <laughs> i'm good i'm gonna be skipping this uh brown okay oh wow um if mom's number one rule was to stay away from water that means that she never bathe i that's i don't want to go there that's uh, gross. <laughs> i saw this ever get in the water you were a You're gremlin way a I, I read way way too much into it i saw this trailer a while ago and found the line about mermaids right after right after the release of the little mermaid to be absolutely hilarious which i'll finish that thought as soon as we get back because that music yeah, means that it's time you. for that hard break so more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show as we finish up the movies with RageCon, and then we'll get back into more RageCon discussion. So we'll be right back with more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. So don't go anywhere. All right, babe, we're on Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need, 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 need. And pop culture entertainment. And we are with RageCon, Jeff, Brad, and Lisa from RageCon. Hey. Hey. Hi. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was hoping you guys would pipe up. Of course, and we got Spencer and Tony Sanfilippo on the Z-Phone. You guys still there? I am. Yes, I'm here. I'm just putting you on mute for a moment. Oh, okay. You don't want but I am here. Okay. All right. So, as I was saying about um, Ruby Go- uh, Gilman, uh, Teenage Kraken, as uh, let me start off the back at the beginning of my synapse or my uh, thoughts on this. Uh, I saw this trailer a while ago and found the line about mermaids right after the release of The Little Mermaid to be absolutely hilarious. I actually laughed out loud when I heard it, and I played it for you right here on the show, uh, if you remember. Other than that, this is a kid's movie. I don't know whose kids it's aimed at, but it's a kid's movie about sea monstrosities battling over sea monstrosities while trying to hide very unsuccessfully their existence from us mere humans. A a bland trope as old as cinema, I think. Not to mention that the animation reminds me of the clump of gummy worms that you'll pull out of the bag that's that's about in the middle of the bag. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Okay. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm of the opinion that this is something I would lose brain cells over, so I'm giving it a touch brown. Rob, what say you? I was actually, I'm excited to see this. I think it looks good. I like DreamWorks movies. (laughs) 
I love. Okay, it, it totally reminded me of Crackalackin. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like the fact that they're bringing old school mythological mermaid back in because mermaids were like evil back in the day. Um, so no, they were like just that. misunderstood. No, they're evil. <laughs> you know, they, they used to draw sailors to their death. I mean, come on. So, oh, um, did you did you see a Shazam: The Fury of the Gods? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. They have unicorns in that. The unicorns are awesome. The little girls all, I love unicorns. And everyone's all, unicorns don't love you. (laughs) Well, unicorns, my my favorite unicorn scene actually is from um, Legends of Tomorrow. When the unicorn, um, there's an episode with the unicorn and he gorges everybody. Gorges. So, yeah, but that's a different whole other story. But anyway, I got you sidetracked. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for me, this is going to be a good. Oh, I'm excited to see it. I would like to go see it. Spencer, what say you? Well, my absolute favorite unicorn, since, since uh, I'm sure everybody's curious, my favorite unicorn scene was actually from the show Supernatural, <laughs> where, they had, where they actually had, a, had him impale a guy, and then when he saw it running off, it had rainbows shooting out of its butt. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was farting rainbows. Yeah. Okay, I haven't gotten that far in the series. I'm going to be looking for that episode now. Yeah, but um, yeah, this uh, this one it looks like it could be fun. You know, it, it, you know, basically a superhero origin story. You know, this is basically like Aquaman if they actually had you know had had the guts to do it right. <laughs> Sorry, Aquaman if he was a gummy worm <laughs> yeah, glob. Basically. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure uh, this might be right up the alley of my, for my daughter and maybe even my wife. But for me personally. The best part of it was the uh, the, the clip that you're talking about how people love mermaids. Of course they do, because people are stupid. I love that line. It was so nice I had to play it twice on that show. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but And then the, the animation style felt very Wallace and Gromit to me. And I love Wallace and Gromit, so I'll give them plus plus for that stylish decision, I guess. But it's still only going to get a blah out of me. Okay. Tony, what? Or Tony, I got to touch. Tony, did I ask you already? Yeah, I, yeah, I read the synopsis oh, really quick. Dang, I'm I sorry, I had to, I had to like quickly get through that because man, we're on that, we're on the road trip. We're currently pit stopped outside in Park City, and I had to hit the restroom bad. I'm like, I got to get through this thing. <laughs> oh, I'm so and glad we were like, on, I mute. on mute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No mute, man. You drink water, man. It tears through you. <laughs> Anywho, I digress, but yes, I gave it a touch ground. Okay, yeah, I, we had that break in there too, so I completely skipped it. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, so, Brad, <laughs> no, what say okay. you? Me? Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't go to watch movies too much at the theater anyway, so that sort of drops it automatically. But I would say animated movies, and I don't got kids anymore, animated age. But the ones I have watched in the ne- recent past have surprised me, like Red Panda. Yeah, was, was really good. good. Onward, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna give this a blah. And if I mm. happen to need to watch an animated show and it's on, I might, I might watch it. Fair enough, Jeff. What say you? Probably, I'm about in Brad's camp. Uh, when I had kids, I'd love going to watch the animated movies with the kids. But now that they're not at home, I don't, I don't seek them out anymore typically. So if I catch it, I'll probably enjoy it. But I'm just gonna give it a blah. Okay, Lisa. 
<laughs> you were laughing at me while I was watching the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> the facial expressions, that's why. Um, yeah, I'm going to touch brown on the gummy bears. <laughs> I can't get past that animation. Gummy worms, gummy worms. <laughs> Gummy worm arms and legs. Yeah, it was, didn't it? Didn't that what it looked like? Yeah. Okay. I can't. I can't. Do I it. like gummy worms, but anyway, um, especially the sweet and sour. Those sour ones. Oh, oh, sour ones worms are, the best. are great. Totally, yeah, they yeah, are the crawlers. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> night crawlers. All right, so let's just recap before we get to the four hundred pound gorilla in the room this week. The prisoner's daughter. Uh, Spencer was the only standout with a one blah. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. The child, uh, Rob gave it a touch brown. So did Jeff and Tony. I, Brad, and Lisa gave it blahs. And Spencer gave it a so-so. The unseen, Lisa was the only holdout with that one with a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. And Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, um, is the best rated one so far. Rob gave it a good. Jeff, Brad, and Spencer gave it blahs. Lisa, Tony, and I gave a touch of browns, and now we get to the 400-pound gorilla la, la, in the room this week, which is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And here is the synopsis. A daredevil archaeologist, Indiana Jones, races against time to retrieve a legendary dial that can change the course of history. Accompanied by his granddaughter, he soon finds himself... His grand... Oh, goddaughter... I read that wrong. It finds himself squaring off against Jürgen Wohler, a former Nazi who works for NASA. All right. Uh, the end of an era and in more ways than one, what should be the finale of an epic IP and has been plagued with one issue after another, and then you get to the opinions. The yikes factor started eight months ago when it was circulated that Indiana Jones 5 had test screenings with six different endings, and the highest-rated one of the bunch only got a 38%. Now, critics on Rotten Tomatoes are giving it a 43% Rotten Tomato score, and not much from the rumor mill has given me much hope that the last time I will ever see Harrison Ford play Indiana Jones will be in a movie worse than the last one, which was The Crystal Skull. I wish I could get behind this. I wish it was something that I could get behind. But it just looks and feels like another attempted nostalgia cash grab instead of a good movie and a great send-off to my generation's greatest adventurer. So I'm going to have to give it a touch brown. Tony, what say you? Well, 80-year-old Indiana Jones is back to take on the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as an Indiana Jones fan, I'm pessimistically optimistic. I know the test audiences haven't enjoyed it, and the critics have buried it. I'm setting the bar very low. Do I expect it to be Raiders, Temple, or Crusade? No. Do I expect it to be fun and hopefully better than the last? Sure. But I, again, I'm not putting out a whole lot of hope. But nonetheless, I am going to be nice this week, and I'm going to give this a good because I'm definitely going to see it. I just can't promise anything good from it. Okay. Going to be interesting to see that review on those uh, <laughs> horrible reviews. <laughs> Rob, what say you? Um, yeah. So Indiana Jones, great. Phoebe Waller, whatever. Not too fan of her. It. I don't know. It seemed very much like they were trying to make her, um, oh my gosh, I want to say Ellie from The Mummy. Like, oh, yeah. You know, very much like that was like the. Oh, Evie. They, they went, here's, here's the model we want you to be and go for it, you know? And they canceled the um, television series. <laughs> so it tells you that they have no faith in this. 
Um, knowing that like Harrison Ford is old and doing his own stunts and got hurt and delayed the movie, it's kind of like, all right, I'm kind of glad that he's still doing his old stunts at his age, but. Yeah, but it's like the last couple of movies he's gotten hurt. He got hurt in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. Is this? I love the Indiana Jones movies. I always will. I I even liked the Crystal Skull. Was it a huge, great movie for me? No, but I enjoyed watching it. It taught us things. It taught us that you can survive a nuclear blast in a refrigerator, <laughs> which they actually found out, depending on the refrigerator, is true. So <laughs> those fifties refrigerators. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, you know, there's different aspects of it. It's I think it's it's going to be an exciting movie. I I don't know if I can actually say good. I would say definitely so so, just because I'm worried about it. Like I I just know it's not going to live up to my expectations as much as I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Spencer, what say you? Well, I know that the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark was kind of an example of a protagonist that really had no effect on the story because, you know, the, the Nazis would have always found the Ark. They would have always tested it and always melted their faces off. But at least watching it in these journey was interesting. I'm one of the few people who really love Temple of Doom. That is actually my favorite of the trilogy with the Kalima. Kalima! And the third one... Uh, I have issues with it, like m- mostly how they treated Marcus because he wasn't such a buffoon in the few things he was in in the Raiders. But this one, it feels more like like his goddaughter should have been Lara Croft, and it should have been a Lara Croft movie instead of an Indiana Jones movie because the supernatural stuff is happening you know, all through it, and that's not and and I don't I don't like it. I don't. I don't like how they're how the how it feels. But again, like Tony, I'm gonna gonna try to be pessimistically optimistic. But I'm still not gonna go see it at full price. Uh, so I'm gonna have to go uh, so so. Okay, Lisa. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Screw you, Jimmy Jones. Wow. Okay. No, That's this it. is. I don't care that it's pandering. As soon as as soon as Sola came on that movie screen in the trailer, I was all <laughs> my childhood. It's Indy. I'm going to see this. Yeah, I'm going to see it. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it too. Damn it! Right I'm going to see it and I'm going to like it. I'm going to like it. Okay, so good I'll pick for it you. apart later. But while watching it, I'm sure I'm just going to be in raptures. While sobbing in some Chardonnay. <laughs> yes. Hey, I can drink some wine in a movie oh, theater true, now. Oh, that's true, Well, you can't sob into Chardonnay while you're watching the movie, though. Okay. <laughs> well, you can at the uh, Galaxy. Eh? Well, um, no, no, not this one. She's, she's going to enjoy this movie, so she's got to enjoy it. So. There's good crying, trust no, me. No, I'm going to be good crying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to be good crying every time that There's old man crying. gets up on that screen. And, and he, I love you. <laughs> Okay, Jeff. What say you? I, I'm in Lisa's camp. I uh, grew up, you know, right after Star Wars. I was blown away when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. I think me and my brother saw that at least fifty times in the theater. And you know, there's Star Trek reboot, Star Wars reboot. You know, those franchises. I understand why there's haters of those, but those movies that are there, we, you know, I guess we vote with our money. But those are the movies that we got. So I. I go and just enjoy what we're given. And I'm 
I'm giving this a great, right? Yeah, without even seeing it. Heck okay. yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, what say you? Brad. No, Brad, what say you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Um, I don't know. I've been, since the original one, which was fantastic, I've been slowly disappointed by each one afterwards. So I'm not excited about this one. I am expecting it to be a good send-off, at least nostalgically, for, for the people who enjoy it and then to have a lot of nostalgic references and, and flashbacks. Not sure why they picked a goddaughter as the option to possibly continue it. Um, that's sort of a negative for me. I wish they'd just end it if they... Because Shayla Booth wasn't available. Yeah, they wanted <laughs> Shayla That would have been, been good, too. So Plus, she's, she's young enough to carry on the franchise if the movie succeeds. What franchise? Yeah, um, that was their goal, but I don't think it's their goal anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to give it a blah. I mean, I'll probably watch it eventually. Um, I don't think I watched the last one, so... <laughs> Depending on who you asked, you didn't miss much with the last one. <laughs> Bunch of haters in this room. Dang. What? Okay. You cannot say that. I'm half. the only one who gave it a touch brown. Okay? <laughs> Everybody else, uh, three goods, two so-sos, and a blah. I mean, <laughs> you could. that is a good day any week on the show. Trust me. <laughs> Especially with this movie. But that's my opinion. But anyway. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, so it looks like everybody's in agreement, though. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is a must-watch. So go and check it out however you choose to. Next week, some interesting ones. Insidious, The Red Door, The Lesson, Joyride, Biosphere. Those are the only ones I could find at this moment. Um, And it's Okay, now, you're saying it's funny. I haven't seen anything on this. All I know is that it says it's sci-fi. Oh, then I don't know if it's a different way. Candy there's, cane. There's one called Candy Joy, cane. There's one called Joyride. Oh, that's the same Joyride. Oh, the early 2000s. No, no. no. Paul Walker. This is a new movie, not tonight. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is Joyride. That's what I think of. No. Candy cane. Yeah, no, that that I'm, yeah, the one with Steve Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, I, I no, never saw yeah, that. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. But there's no, there, that's why I wasn't sure which one, because there's a new one coming out called Joyride with two girls, and it looks funny. Okay. So. <laughs> I just look at, okay, it says Joyride, and then it gives a description. Gotcha. Uh-huh. It's a mystery thriller. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Knowing my luck with the last one, it probably does say mystery yeah. thriller. You now I'm really going to be like, first oh. and then Adam. <laughs> no, because I, I got to look them up on Rotten Tomatoes, and then I go to YouTube, and uh-huh. it's just so much work that I have to go, and I, I just say, okay, that's it. Copy, paste. There, there's a the trailer. And then I watch it later, too. And then I'm like, God. <laughs> After I already send it to you guys, I'm like, man, what the, am I doing to myself with these things? Anyway, so those are the movies. Watch at your own risk. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, thank you. I look thank forward you. to seeing you guys next week live. Woo-hoo. And uh, oh, yeah, so you guys have the rest of your show. All right. And you drive safe, sir. Uh, Spencer, thank you for joining us by phone, even though you're feeling a little under the weather. Yeah, I, I'm glad I got a chance to at least talk about the movies. Indeed. And, and also, don't forget Captain Fearless coming up after Pop Culture Boom, too. That's, that should be fun. Yeah, and congratulations on that. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, see how that turns out. Hopefully uh, everybody involved will uh, enjoy that presentation. Indeed. All right, sir, we'll, we'll talk to you next week as well. Back in the Aloha. All right. So RageCon is coming this weekend, Friday through Sunday. 
And if you want to go and participate, the best way to do that is by going to their website, www.ragecon.com. All of the information is right there. Um, you guys have guests, which uh, are you going to be having? Um, special guests, actually. Some surprising guests. Uh, so we will be uh, talking about that as soon as we get back from this break. It is the uh, heartbreak at 740. When we return, we'll be talking about the guests who will be at RageCon. So don't go anywhere. More pop culture kaboom with RageCon coming up next. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. This weekend at RageCon, they will have a number of special guests, which we're going to be discussing right now with uh, Jeff, Brad, and Lisa from RageCon. Um, well, so who, whom do we want to start with? Uh, ben Maddox is, yes. will be a special guest there. And uh, um, what is the story with Mr. Maddox? Ben lives in... Germany. He's got a, a regular podcast called the Board Game Hour. Um, he's also, I think, started his own company, right? Doomsday. Five five games for Doomsday. Uh, he's going to be at RageCon this year, and he's actually going to do some live uh, interviews with some of our other special guests. So we're super excited that he's coming over from across the pond. This is actually his first trip to the United States, so I told him you know, Reno maybe isn't indicative of all the United States. <laughs> but uh, So you gave him the disclaimer? That's right. <laughs> I, I think he's going to try to get to Tahoe and Napa while he's here. So those are maybe little funner places than Reno. But, no, I, I, I love Reno. I've been there for 15 years now. Um, so we're super excited that Ben's going to be there. Um, okay. Brad's worked really closely with him so far. So Yeah, Ben is uh... – Ben's going to, like all our special guests that come in, we have them also run their favorite games so that people, the attendees, can just sit down and play a game with them. Mm -hmm. uh, so Ben's going to run. He's actually, seems like he's a heavy uh, heavy gamer. Um, so he's going to be um, running some games. And also, he surprised us. He's going to be down. We just scheduled a, <laughs> a, a late-night jam, uh, acoustic jam, <laughs> with uh, one of our designers, Johnny Pack. So... Uh, 10 o'clock Saturday, he's going to be offering, uh, I guess he has a great voice, great singing voice, so um, we just put that on the schedule. Ben Maddox and Johnny Pack Unplugged. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that'll cool. be interesting. Uh, any idea where that's going to be located at when it happens? In, uh, in it's going to be in one of the Redwood Rooms, which is one of our event rooms that we have um, various things happening. Um, Ben's also a moderator for several of our panels, because um, that's what he does. Okay. Yeah, we're still going to need to get into about the panels as well. So not too much stuff, not enough time. Uh, next up, Henry Audubon. Henry came first last year to RageCon, and we loved him. He's the designer of uh, probably his biggest known game is Parks. That's one of my other favorite games. Do you know why? Because there's animals. animals in it. <laughs> it does have animals. Uh, animals in parks. And it's a great trek across national parks. Great artwork on the cards. Great facts on the cards about all the national parks. It's, it's, it's an amazing he, game. He's such a great guy. He came to RageCon last year, and I was telling him, hey, look, your game to me was an instant classic. It's one of the ones that I'll always have in my collection. I'll always go to to play. And uh, he's just kind of a young kid, and he's just kind of had that... No, really, really <laughs> effect on him. But uh, he's, as Brad mentioned, I think earlier he's got another game called Flow that's coming out that I think he's 
demoing? Yeah, he's going to be playtesting that. Um, I think it's probably going to be a pretty good hit for him. Um, he also, last year or this year, published uh, a game called Cosmoctopus. And he is uh, both running that and running, he's sponsoring his own tournament of it at our convention uh, with his own prizes. Uh, so you get to learn and play that game with the designer, um, which is, a, again, a, a treat for a lot of our, our people. Yeah. Um, up next, Corey Thompson. Corey's great. He's a regular Dice Tower contributor, so he's plugged into the Dice Tower network of gaming reviews. Um, and this year, I, we don't have it scheduled yet, but he bought a production company, and him and some friends are doing comic videos about gaming, and he's agreed to to show some of those videos at RageCon, premiere them at RageCon. So mm-hmm. we're going to have that hopefully on the schedule soon, uh, but uh, he, he's great. And uh, as Brad mentioned earlier, he's another one that will run a, a bunch of games and play with attendees. So if you're familiar with his podcast or his work, you can get in and, and sit down with him and, and enjoy a game. And that's DiceTowerNews.com? Yes, exactly. Okay. And right. Dice Tower Now and uh, DiceTowerDish.com. Yeah, he's... That's a cooking show. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, and, it uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> Interviews and designers over, over, a, over a meal. And Corey and, uh, Corey and Ben are going to join up for a, a seminar or a panel on, on podcasting. Okay. So for people who are interested in podcasting? Yeah. Yeah. Or just want to know day-to-day what that's like. Okay. Um, an interesting one, Grant Lyon. Grant's another great guy. First time last year. He's a board game. He's a gaming comedian, and so he's got several shows scheduled at RageCon again this year uh, to sh- showcase his unique uh, comedy talents with gaming theme. Uh, just a great upbeat guy. Uh, again, he'll be playing running games that you can sit down and play with him. But uh, catching his shows are great. I unfortunately as the Director of the convention, haven't seen one yet, but I've heard great, great things about his uh, hour-long shows. Hmm. And is he going to be performing an hour-long show at the RageCon? I think Yes, he has a show at 1 o'clock on Saturday and 8 o'clock, and his 8 o'clock show is almost sold out uh, at this point. So a lot of interest in him, and again, he loves to sit down and play games with our attendees as well. Okay. Playing a game with a comedian would be very interesting. Yeah, we like like him to do party games because it's just entertaining. uh. (laughs) And if his name does sound kind of familiar, um, he has been on Comedy Central, Comics Unleashed, and the Sci-Fi Channel, as well as uh, being in numerous national television commercials. Um, Wow, so very impressive. So it'll be interesting to have him there. And uh, uh, Johnny Pack Canteen, am I pronouncing that correctly? We just call him Johnny Pack. Okay, that, that, that's who you were referring <laughs> yes. to earlier. Okay, he, and uh, he's going to be there, aside from doing an uh, unplugged uh, acoustic hour, uh, what else is he going to be doing there? Uh, as mentioned earlier, he's in charge of the Game Lab Proto Spiel, so he helps bring in oh, other, that's ga- right, other game designers. No, yeah. I'm making slow connections right here. <laughs> but he's a well-known game designer in his own right now. He's got... Um, uh, mer- uh, Merchants Co. Merchants Co. Coloma, Sierra West. Um, fistful of Meeples. Fistful of Meeples. <laughs> he helped in, uh, I don't know, he helped in uh, Endless Winter. He's he's actually going to be playtesting an expansion for Coloma. Because he's from Reno and he's lived in uh, Placerville, 
he a lot of his games are Western themes and Sierra themed, which is always cool for mm-hmm. the for the people in the area. For the hometown crowd. Yeah. Uh Steven Armini. Another local Reno game designer. Uh he's got many games published at this time and another great guy he is uh, always <coughs> looking for uh, animal kingdoms he designed oh, no yes, he, he designed another one of my favorite games it's called barker's row and you have to uh, collect the best carnival freaks <laughs> <laughs> that is such a weird step from animal games carny <laughs> animals whatever wow okay not going to try and put those two connectors <laughs> together there 6 degrees of separation with that um and uh, so he lives here in Reno, does a lot of game design like that. Circle of Wagons is another one that he has. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Scott Rogers. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Brad might can be able to talk more about his schedule. Yeah, uh, Scott's also a published um, game designer. He's done, uh, he's going to be doing, I mentioned earlier in the show, Aliens, The Fate of Moss. Romo. Nostromos? Um, Nostromos. Okay. Yeah. Um, he created that. Uh, he's also done some stuff on uh, some Disney villainous. Um, and he's, what were the other ones he did? Pantone. Right. Pantone, uh, another one he's going to be running. And he's actually, he co-designed or designed a, a game called Dinosaurs and Diamonds. That are a local game producer, um, Card Lords Tucker Smeedy, is is actually going to be there at the con as well, and and Scott's going to jump in and offer a play with the designer for those games as well. Um, he's he's done some Terra stuff. He's it's not released or it's just being released now. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He uh, did board game for that. That's oh, good. That was one of, when I was talking about horror games earlier. That that yeah. was one of the ones I was wondering if. It was yeah, it, he didn't get a copy of it out. Uh, it's just sort of like that borderline. He didn't know if he'd be available. Um, but he's doing a panel on uh, terror on terror and tabletop. Um, you know, just how that how to bring in the theme and have it be not off putting, but uh, you know, sort of a good feature as a theme in tabletop. So. And uh, he he teaches game design in Southern California. I was like, wow, there was never those classes when I was. In school, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, totally Jeez. different career right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Tucker Schmeeds. Tucker is the owner of Card Lords. Uh, I think he got probably his biggest start with a game called Battle Goats. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> some of the names just great, sound funny. Great you know? fun card game. Yeah, family fun. Um, he's I think he's been with us. Almost since year one. Yeah. He's another local Reno game designer and, and owner. And as Brad mentioned, he'll be with, working with Scott on demoing their, their new game. And he'll have a, a booth throughout the convention where you can just go up and he'll demo any of his games, any of his new stuff. Um, really great, great guy, easy to talk to and easy to learn from. Okay. Um, I'm going to mispronounce this one, I think. Ben Hallsclaw? Yeah, Ben was interesting. Uh, so I didn't can, mispronounce his name? I, I believe that's correct. Hallsclaw. <laughs> uh, I'm batting a thousand tonight. Uh, <laughs> until I get to the and, cons and, and events. Until, I, until we get there next weekend and he jumps us and says, that was totally wrong. <laughs> um, but he designed a uh, book for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. And he, I didn't even realize he was in Reno until he contacted me and said, hey, I've 
I've got this book. Would you guys be interested? And we're like, oh, my gosh, yes, of course. If you're local especially, we love that. So he's going to be um, at the convention showing off his new fifth edition book. I think it's called Mayera. Mayera? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, and he's actually run into RPG sessions um, out of that world or out of that book. Mm, interesting. Okay, nice. And last but not least, Hungry Gamer. Yeah, I might have to let Brad talk about this because he came on late. Uh, he's a friend of Johnny Pack. And yeah, his name's uh, William Brown. He's William. he's he goes by the Hungry Gamer as his moniker for um, his his game reviews. He does. Uh, he's pretty active in the game review um, world. Uh, so he's a content creator as far as that um, from California and San um, Francisco, right? Yeah. yeah. So he'll be uh, he'll be joining us uh, as. Uh, he, and he also does some game design as well. So he's sort of he's in he's got like a lot of people in the, in this industry have his hands in different aspects of of the of the design, you know, content creating, all that. Um, so he he was a late late comer, but he'll be running some of his favorite games. Uh, I think he'll be also um, joining in at the game design area and. Um, contributing wherever he can he's he's a gamer so he's going to be here to suck up the the atmosphere okay something interesting that um is uh, being uh, uh put out there is rage bucks what exactly are rage bucks <laughs> they're so much fun come on jimmy you've been at RageCon. you know what rage bucks are they're the, yeah well do you want other people to go to RageCon and find out what rage bucks are <laughs> their rage bucks are raffle tickets for prizes we give away Hundreds of prizes every year. And you can easily get a Rage Buck by sitting in on a scheduled game. Uh, you get a Rage Bucks depending on how long the game is. If it's half an hour, you only get one or two. If it's a very long game, you get more because you <laughs> you put in the effort to uh, sit in for those longer games. <clears throat> you can also purchase them at registration. So uh, if we we will have some exciting new titles of, of prizes to give away. Uh, if there's something you really want, you can put as many Rage Bucks in that offering as you want to increase your chances to win. Uh, we've got some people that very cleverly every year put one in each box and do clean up pretty well because they've got stuff in every box. But um, we'll have games like Frosthaven, a new uh, Gloomhaven adventure, Earth. Uh, we've got a number of new titles that we're giving away, plus some of the old goodies like Catan and... Uh, things that you know and love. Or you should know and love. Anyway. You should. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also, we also have like, there's like, people will donate like gaming related things like game bags and dice. Yeah, we've got dice, we've got game bags, we've got uh, Ben Hosclaw donated some of the Mayera books to give away. Um, we've got Silver, uh, Silver Age Comic Con. Passes. Oh yeah, Comic Con, Silver Age Comic Con passes that they've donated to give away. Um, that the Noble Science Academy are yes. donating. Learn to sword fight. Kind of, kind of SCA type yeah. type group. LARP. Yeah. LARP. <laughs> LARPing. Yes. Um, so uh, the Rage Bucks are just your gateway to win those prizes, and you can get them for free. You don't have to purchase them, but they are available to purchase as well. Okay. So with uh, actually uh, obtaining them for free, um, so you get one or two for participating in the um, official um, scheduled games. Correct. Um, more if the games go for longer than 30 minutes. Right. Um, is there any other way to get Rage Bucks? Tournaments. 
possibly? VIGs are very important gamers. Um, they get <clears throat> some special things with their pass. They've got VIG-only games that they can sign up for with game designers and, and, and other people running games. They get a number of them in the VIG package. Um, if you run games or volunteer, instead of getting a discounted or free badge, you can get Rage Bucks. Okay. So all kinds of different ways to get those. Yeah. Hmm? Instagram, uh, RageCon Instagram contest rewards you in Rage Bucks. Oh, what's this Instagram? Oh, well, if you Because I'm not on you, Instagram. If, uh, so. Oh, yeah, we've established that. <laughs> I'm going to have to help you get on Instagram. Yeah, well, you've um, got to talk to them about that little <laughs> band thing that is going on. <laughs> I told you, don't post your porn on Instagram. What? <laughs> Um, so if you tag RageCon Reno or RageCon 2023 on Instagram, if you take pictures of yourselves gaming, having fun, and tag that on Instagram, on Sunday afternoon, we're going to look through all those hashtags and randomly choose somebody to win a bag of goodies that will include RageBucks. Hmm. Okay, a bag of goodies. So all kinds of stuff you guys are Well, I was just going to give them Rage Bucks, but Jeff's like, no, they need a whole bag of goodies. So I'm assuming <laughs> we're giving them a bag of goodies. Again. Okay. And yeah. an undetermined bag full of stuff. Uh, last year was a but really Rage nice Bucks. gaming bag with a game in it and some RageCon swag. and yeah. Okay. Um, so that's going to be interesting. So those are what Rage Bucks are. Um, can you get any from the exhibitors, or can you? Or are they just specifically for the raffles that uh, is being by RageCon itself? Just the yeah. Okay. Sweet. All right. So um, we got about what, like twenty seconds until the next break. <laughs> twenty seconds. All right. So with that being said. Uh, it is now the top of the hour break. It is currently 71 degrees and mostly sunny in Carson City, Nevada. Uh, we'll be right back with more with RageCon on the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And live in studio with us right now is Jeff Brad and Lisa from RageCon. We just got done talking about Rage Bucks and how you can earn them while at RageCon, and you can also buy them as well. Uh, we talked about the guests, exhibitors, uh, the events, the tournaments, and the game lab. Um, so much stuff going on in a three-day event um, from RageCon. Hey, you guys have been RageCon has been going on. This is the official eighth year of RageCon. Uh, two more, one more year, and then it'll be the big. 10. Yes. I'm more excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, in the last seven years, though, um, I just kind of, because you guys have been with uh, Rage, you've been there since the beginning. Uh, the rest of you pretty much almost, uh, almost. since the beginning. Yeah. Um, what is, uh, I'll, I'll start with uh, you, Jeff, since you've been there the longest. Um, the moment that sticks out the most out of all of this time with RageCon as the best possible moment that uh, from your experience with RageCon? Uh, for me, it's the people. <clears throat> Reno, the, the Northern Nevada gamers are just the friendliest gamers uh, that I've ever been to at any convention. Uh, it, it always just feels like a family. It always 
uh, you know, when it's done, it's kind of that, oh, I'm not going to see some of you for a year again. Um, so that, that uh, nothing specific other than every year, it's just always been very family feeling, very friendly. Um, I, I, I just, my favorite comments are, wow, we came for the first year. We'll be back every year from now on. And do they? Oh, yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, so is it like a sometimes like a big family reunion? People, you know, hugging and oh, I haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> it, totally, it totally is. It totally is. I have Ragecom <laughs> friends that I see once a year and so excited. There's some big burly guys that come up and hug me. I'm like, oh, I've got to take Todd's hug. I know it's coming. <laughs> we love you, Todd. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, so a lot of friendships are made. Um, uh, um, I know Game Castle is a big place for if you, with uh, new game releases and doing weekly or and even daily almost um, game gaming events uh, for people to go to to actually do gaming. So like Dungeons and Dragons or um, what's that Star Wars game? Uh, Star Wars fleets or Shatterpoint's the newest yeah, Star Wars game, um, or, or even Warhammer um, sure. Game Castle offers stuff. Um, is that encouraged at uh, at RageCon to for people? Because I know a lot of people, especially down here in Carson, that would really be interested in getting into Dungeons and Dragons, but they don't know where to go. Yeah, our, our as a matter of fact, a large majority of our role playing is from the Carson group that comes and runs role playing at RageCon every year. The Academy. The, the Academy. The Academy, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, but this yeah. is the first time I'm hearing about this Academy. Oh, okay. So they've come almost every year. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look them up and so I can get more people to steer them steer, steer people in their direction. Yeah. They they love running Dungeons and Dragons type games. They are great at teaching. Uh, they'll run you through character creation. Um they will run you through the adventure, um, but m- most of our games are like that as well. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, we get a lot of people every year. Oh, I don't know that game, or it sounds too complicated. Mm-hmm. It's like, trust me, just go sit in on it. Everyone running games will help you. They'll teach you. They're friendly. They're not going to make you feel bad that you haven't played it before or don't even know what the game's about. So that that's another aspect of the friendliness that I love about the convention. Um, another a thing that's uh, becoming really popular is Roll Twenty. Um, is there and a lot of I know that some people who have been oh, I'm trying to learn how to use the app and how to, how do I process it and all of this. Is there a, a means for uh, at, at RageCon for somebody to learn or is there a tutorial or somebody that can help walk them through using Roll Twenty by chance? We we haven't done that in the past. That's a, that's a great idea for a panel discussion in the future. Um, I don't know if Brad, have you had any comments or questions about that over the years? No, but I, I would say the academy um, members would they they run eleven tables of games, so they're bound to um, have insight in it. So, and and not even just them, we have several independent uh, people running games too. That so, as Jeff was saying, whether it be something like like Roll Twenty or or anything game related. You're going to find somebody at the con that can help you or someone who knows somebody who can help you or, or give you insight or, or give you some advice about about any type of gaming aspect. Okay. 
Well, that's good. Um, so I'm going to try and get into some of this news here because I got 12 pages worth of stuff. I <laughs> oh, this is light because I knew I was going to have you guys in the studio <laughs> talking about. Usually, I, I literally have like 15 to 20 pages of new stuff, wow. not including the all the release lists. And there's seven of those. So, uh, a Blaze delivers another electric horror genre release with the print and digital debut of Almost Dead on September 6th. Arriving in plenty of time for Halloween, Almost Dead is an intriguing post apocalyptic horror drama adventure about triumph, growth, and the resilience of the human spirit, which redefines the genre. Not really, because it sounds like The Walking Dead to me. But anyway, what is this? Uh, Almost Dead. But what? what? Is it a comic? It a comic? It's a comic book. Oh, okay. You didn't specify that at the beginning. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I figured, well, A Blaze delivers another electric horror genre release with the print and digital debut. I didn't hear that part. Okay. Uh, all right. I will uh, check that out, Eric. Uh, where was I? With a cinematic approach and strong attention to detail, the series charts a girl's quest to survive and reunite with her family in a shattered new world. Uh, here's the synopsis for Almost Dead. After having an accident on her way home to visit her family, Sarah Walker awakens to find that the world has changed. Boy, that now that sounds... Uh, Walker. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like not only Hi. Walking Dead, but also, uh, thir- uh, what was that, 28 Days Later? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I digress. Uh, now she must travel up the eastern seaboard using suppressed survival skills. Suppressed survival skills. She learned as a child in hopes to, of reuniting with her loved ones during a viral pandemic that has turned humans into monsters. Set in 2005, Sarah unites with old acquaintances and new friends along the way, and her struggle to survive will be both an unexpected, exciting journey and an absolute horror. Okay. Everybody's like, meh. Touch, br- touch, touch brown. That's it. <laughs> touch brown. Uh, Stan Saki, uh, his own studio, Dojo Publishing, and Dark Horse Comics are publishing a new Usagi Yojimbo comic book in September. And this time, the legendary Rabbit Ronin, who got his uh, Netflix time as Samurai Rabbit, is bringing his cousin for Usagi Yojimbo Ice and Snow. The new series features Yosagi's newfound cousin, Yochi, as well as the return of fan-favorite villain G, Yusagi and Yochi are still in the snowy mountaintops of northern Japan following Stan Saki's Yusagi Yojimbo story arc, The Green Dragon. Something I can actually pronounce with a little difficulty. Uh, they are led to the hut of a strange hermit who allows them to spend the night at her home to shelter from the storm snowstorm. Meanwhile, the m- m- maniacal G and his familiar Keiko are on Yusagi's trail when they stumble upon a bandit lair and subdue a band of cutthroats and thieves. Along with the main cover, A, fans can also collect two other variant covers for issue number one, Yusagi Ujimbo, Ice and Snow. Number one of five will be in comic shops September 27th. All three of the listed variant covers options are available for pre-order now at your local comic shop. Okay. In 1940, at the age of 23, Jack Kirby wrote and drew a five-page story, Solar Legion, in Tim Publishing's Crash Comics Adventures Number 1, a space opera starring one Adam Starr, and now in 2023, Tom Solo, uh, Scoholi, Scoholi, 
Bacoli, uh, created the <laughs> I Am Stan graphic novel biography of Stanley, is turning his attention to Kirby and remixing that original story into a brand new comic book, Jack Kirby's Star Warriors, starring Adam Star and the Solar Legion. He's been fund he's been funding the creation of the on his Patreon, and now will be publishing the comic as part of Image Comics September 2023 solicitations. And uh, let's get into some cons and events. This was kind of weird. I, I, I'm with all the talk lately about like UFOs and everything, and uh, yeah. that whole incident in Las Vegas. This is kind of <laughs> weird that this is going on. Uh, two secret invasion fans were were not expecting real life scrolls to show up at their wedding, but that's exactly what happened to one happy couple. Reddit user U backslash Attila underscore the Hun posted about her client's wedding photos, including one of the Mar- including one of the Marvel aliens. In a dashing shoot, the scroll in question posed with the duo in Millennium Park, Chicago. Marvel Studios heard about the post and shared it on their official Secret Wars account. Recently, the company decided to launch a marketing campaign where scrolls would be walking around various cities. It'd be funny if to see people dressed as scrolls at RageCon. That'd be that, great. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, it's uh, amazing to see these small glimpses of actors walking around in full makeup. Earlier this week, fans from all over the world began noticing scrolls popping up in the background of news reports. Some redditors cleverly noticed that the that they were all included during ABC's subsidiary broadcasts, and they're owned by Disney, which owns Marvel as well. So the reality-shaking revelations are just Getting started, apparently, it feels like the, there will be more stunts as Secret Invasion continues to air on Disney+. Plus. So, interesting. Hmm. And it would be fun to see a couple of scrolls oh, yeah. walking so. around. <laughs> uh, for the second year in a row, the Pokemon trading card game will release a bag of special booster packs meant to be given out as trick to trick-or-treaters on Halloween. While we do not yet have any information regarding the cards within, we can assume that it will be similar to last year's Pokemon the trading card game, trick-or-treat booster packs, rather than a unique set of cards. These cards are direct reprints from other sets that retain that set numbering while adding a unique pumpkin Pikachu stamp in the bottom right corner of the card. The highest rarity that could be pulled from last year's Boo, B-O-O, as they're really emphasizing the Boo because it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, packs, what was a holographic rare? These trick-or-treat booster packs uh, will be released on September 1st, if you're interested in that. Yeah, candy itself is expensive to give out. How much are these things to give out? No <laughs> idea. Um, I guess uh, we'll find out September 1st. I mean, that, that that's if, if you have a, one in your neighborhood giving it out, yay for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, uh, it always amazes me, those people that hand out full-sized candy bars. Right? And, Never in my neighborhoods. My mm. brother does that. Really? Now he has, like, Where does he live? <laughs> he, he lives in Michigan. Sorry. Oh. No, not worth I always get like he gets like three hundred kids coming. Three. Well, yeah. If you're well, handing yeah, out full size candy yeah. bars, you're going to get three hundred kids. All the kids know his house now. Yeah, I'm sure they do. The expectations, even. Right. So Nintendo held one of its many Nintendo Direct live streams, showing off a lot of new games on the way to the Nintendo Switch. The event had over 40 minutes worth of content to show off, starting with a look at Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's uh, DLC update on the way with chaptered content. 
the return of Detective Pikachu, a remastered version of Super Mario RPG. Princess Peach getting her own title. Dragon Quest Monsters gets a proper preview. A proper look at Pikmin 4, the next wave of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Courses. A new WarioWare title. And a big reveal of Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Super Mario Bros. Wonder is being billed as the next evolution of 2D side-scrolling Super Mario Bros. games. It's headed to Nintendo Switch when you touch a Wonder Flower in the game. The windows of the world and like pipes could come alive. Hordes of enemies may appear and characters might change their looks. For example, transforming the gameplay in unpredictable ways. Excitement and different surprises await in each course. Super Mario Brothers Wonder features Princess Peach, Princess Daisy, and Yoshi as playable characters. In addition to familiar characters like Mario, Luigi, and Toad. Play Super Mario Brothers Wonder. See the debut of Mario's newest power-up which allows him to transform into Elephant Mario. Elephant Mario. Yes. <laughs> you see, it, literally, a, a real elephant. He's wearing the hat and a suspend, the whole Love outfit. It. He just looks like an elephant. Uh, what other wonders could this game contain? More details will be shared at a later time, so please look forward to it. Super Mario Brothers Wonder launches for Nintendo Switch on October 20th. As for the new Super Mario spin-off game centered around Princess Peach is in development and will be coming to Switch next year. Throughout Nintendo's history, Peach is a character that often hasn't received her own individual games. Outside of the Nintendo DS title Super Princess Peach, the famous heroine often is seen alongside Mario, Luigi, and other characters in various Nintendo games. Now Peach will be thrust into the spotlight on her own in a new project that still has a number of unknown elements. While there's not much known about this untitled Peach game, Nintendo did happen to show off a bit of the title in action. How do you show a title in action if there's not much known about it? Based on that footage, this project seems to be a side-scroller in nature and sees Peach running throughout an environment that takes place on a stage. Uh, I don't know if that means like a stage level or uh, actual stage like, you know, doing, like, theater or something. There also seem to be a number of new characters that Peach will move meet over the course of this game, which is what is known that what is known is that Princess Peach game will be arriving at some point in 2024, but outside this, there's little current information known. So that is that. Uh, Universal Cable Productions is not moving forward with its Metropolis television series for Apple TV+. Mr. Robot's Sam Ishmael has been developing the series as its sole writer, director, and producer based on the 1927 Fritz Lang film, uh, which recently entered into the public domain alongside Sherlock Holmes' final stories and Winnie the Pooh, the series which has been working with a considerable pre-production budget. If he's the only one doing anything, basically they're just paying this guy to do everything if if it has a pre-production budget. Uh, had been set to begin filming in Victoria, Australia this summer. However, Deadline reports that UCP recently notified the crew that Metropolis is being shut down permanently following a seven-week work stoppage. UCP points to costly delays related to the WGA strike and other economic uncertainties as a reason for abandoning Metropolis. And it is time for that 820 break, so don't go anywhere. we still got a whole lot more show to go, and I still got more questions about RageCon. If you have any questions about anything going on with RageCon, or if you're curious about anything about RageCon, 775-515-4141, and we'll be right back after this, so don't go anywhere. 
Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment has all your needs for RageCon been satisfied. Is there more information you want to know? Do you have any questions about anything going on with RageCon? 775-515-4141. RageCon does start in four days, 15 hours, 35 minutes, and for you, Eric in Whittier, California, 31 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget, tonight, in about half an hour, right after the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, it'll be the premiere of Captain Fearless, starring in the lead titular character role of Captain Fearless himself, our Pop Culture Kaboom radio show's own Spencer Stoner. So bet stick around after the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show right here on KNBC 95.1 FM for that. I was talking about uh, Metropolis being canceled. Uh, Metropolis is a silent German film released in 1927 based on Thea von Harbon's 1925 novel of the same name. As one of the first science fiction feature films, Metropolis is considered a seminal pioneer of the genre. Metropolis takes place in a stratified urban dystopia in the future. It follows Freder, son of one of the wealthy city masters, and Maria, a beloved figure along among the working class, as they try to overcome the gulf between their social positions. Metropolis has been referenced by and influenced many other works of popular culture, including musical acts ranging from Motorhead to Janelle Monet, the, in, the iconic machine man from the film-inspired film inspired George Lucas's design. I thought it was a woman, not a machine man. But anyway, uh, designed for C-3PO in Star Wars, the film was adapted into a musical in 1989. Legendary manga artist Osumo Tezuka, creator of Astro Boy, created a Metropolis manga that he claims was based on seeing only a single image from the film. Wow. The manga became an anime film in 2001. The film incorporated more elements directly from the original movie. Metropolis's cancellation will likely be a blow to Ishmael, who seemed to see it as a passion project given the depth of his involvement. However, Ishmael has other projects in development to occupy his time once the strike ends, including an unannounced project reuniting him with Mr. Robot star Rami Malek. Uh, perhaps his highest profile project is another sci-fi series, a reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Again? Another one? Yes, another no, one. No, no. He's developing <laughs> the series for NBC Universal, though the exit of writer-producer Michael Leslie in 2021 has left the reboot's future unclear. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have so much more original material that we can, like, work with eric wasn't paying attention um i I was just saying that uh erica that uh um ragecon starts up in four hours (laughs) four days 15 hours 32 minutes and 40 seconds for you just i had to put those seconds in there so yeah, I don't see a reason for there to be another no. um, reboot of Battlestar Galactica. But the would last be one was really cool. Really done very uh, well. You know, with the uh, Star Wars uh, Legion, Star Wars. Uh, what was that new one that just came out? Shatterpoint. Shatterpoint. Uh, games like that. It would be really interesting to see a tabletop version of Battlestar Galactica, uh, a new one. Anyway, I know there was one a while back. <laughs> They did have a miniatures game, but I think it, it's kind of fallen off the map now. Why? I, I'd rather see a Space 1999. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? Sure. Okay. Um, I Say had 
Right? (laughs) Say no? Okay, then I'll tell you a not-so-funny story. (laughs) Um, uh, Mark Fergus and Hawk Osby, the two guys who are, um, they wrote the original script for Iron Man, um, uh, Children of Men, and uh, Ah, Cowboys and Aliens, huh? Children of Men was an awesome movie. It was. Um, They were writing The Expanse. And uh, I had them on. Actually, had them on on the show talking about the expanse um, right before the second season started, and uh, it was kind of a ended the. Uh, he Mark Fergus was joking about because he really was a big fan of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine too, and he was talking about they didn't get a, there wasn't a third season, and he was really disappointed about that. <laughs> so and I wished him well with the season and uh you know I said we'll talk to you guys at the end of the season to go over kind of everything so that they didn't give out any spoilers or anything. So at the end of the season talked to them and found out that it got renewed for a third season and I congratulated them for beating 2000 Space 1999 on getting a getting a third season. <laughs> True story. See, it was kind of humorous. You guys, nice. you guys all chuckled. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, the expanse is great. Those first couple of seasons. Wow. I know. I love those. Really, and then it got later into the seasons. Um, Mark Fergus said that him and Hawk Osby kind of took a more of a backseat, uh, more of an executive producer role as a, as opposed to writing it. And so, probably when uh, Amazon took over. Right. Yeah, I think so. In uh, season four, uh, but now they are slated after the writer strike is over. They are slated; they're going to be writing the uh, God of War um, oh, miniseries. Yeah, yeah, so that ought to be interesting because they are good writers. So it just uh, depends on you know how many people get their fingers in there. <laughs> what I'm not looking forward to is the uh, um, live action version of a uh, Twisted Metal. Really? I yeah. kind of am. <laughs> I don't know. I saw the trailer. I'm like, oh, this looks so hokey. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the ice cream truck. I can't wait to hear it? Oh, they had the... Did you see the trailer for it yet? No. Uh, they have a clip with... um, What's his name? The Clown. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember their names at all, but... It's played by an actor, and then the voice is... Um, it's, the, it's not really an actor. It's Samoa Joe. He's a res- professional yeah. wrestler. <laughs> Then his voice, Sweet Tooth. That's Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Yeah. So Sweet Tooth is played by Samoa Joe, and there was a scene with him and uh, Anthony Mackie, who Mm -hmm. was uh, playing the main character, and it was just. It was funny. eh, (laughs) It was just typical of the genre. So, if you ask me. But anyway, what what Erica message? Hold on a second. What did he have to say? Doctor Demento. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'm not going to tell the Dr. Demento story, but that was funny. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, you want to hear that? I was a one? huge Dr. Demento fan. Oh, okay. Well, uh, here you go. Here's, Did here's... you have Dr. Demento on your show? No, I oh. didn't, actually. Um, <laughs> I went to L.A., and I was visiting a, a friend of mine, and we went to, I went to visit him in L.A., and then we we're going to go to Vegas to hang out for a week. Um, but while I was in L.A., he goes, hey, this was like a long time ago. I was just out of high school. He's like, hey, you want to go to Los Angeles' uh, largest comic book store? I'm like, oh, heck yeah. So we went there, and this place was huge. I mean, it was a giant two-story, you know, you can see the upper level where they had stuff up there. They had this big horseshoe glass case um, right when you walk in, just full of stuff. And I was always been into collecting comic books and toys and everything else. So I'm like 
kid in a candy store. I'm going through, I'm looking, and then I saw people out of the corner of my eye. Like I saw a lady dressed up as Marilyn Monroe, a bunch of other people all dressed up and everything. So I thought it was just people dressed up in there, right? So I'm going, I'm just like focused on what's all in these cases and everything and not paying attention to anything else. And I find a, um, back then it was uh, the alien toys had just started coming out yeah, from, yeah. remember those? Mm-hmm. So I had never seen the alien queen until then. I, I saw the alien queen in the box, in the, in the case. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <gasps> and so I'm like, then there was a guy standing there. And I'm like, hey, how much is this uh, alien queen? He's like, I don't know. Well, I look up, I'm like, don't you work? And I looked, and it said Dr. Demento on the placard <laughs> on the counter. And I looked up, and it was Dr. Demento. Wow. <laughs> and I go, oh, so you don't work here? He's like, no. I'm like, so you don't know how much that is, do you? <laughs> no. And he walks <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, made a friend there. You have to keep pushing it, Jimmy. <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't know what else to do. I was like, uh, I already got my foot in my mouth. Might as well wedge it all the way down my throat, you know? So, anyway, <laughs> that's my Dr. Demento good, story. Good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As far as I got into radio after doing that, <laughs> Sony is shifting some release dates around, and with that, one of the most head-scratching Sony Marvel movies has lost its current release date. El Morto <laughs> was supposed to come out on January twelfth, twenty twenty-four, but we haven't heard anything else besides some announcements back in October. The window for this movie could head in for the, the window that this movie could head into production and meet that release date is rapidly closing. And with the strike continuing, it's not surprising that a project that hasn't even been cast yet, as far as we know, <laughs> has been removed from the schedule according to Variety. Dumb Money, the film based on the GameStop stock incident from a few years ago, has moved from October 20th to September 22nd. The Book of Clarence has shifted from September 22nd to El Morte's previous January 12, 2024 date. During CinemaCon 2022, Sony Pictures announced they would adapt the Marvel character El Morto to the big screen. If you haven't heard of that character before, don't feel bad. Even some Marvel fans have never heard of him because he was has appeared in exactly two issues. Oh. <laughs> and they're going to make a movie about this. It's it almost seems easy. like a joke. But Sony did announce that music artist Bad Bunny was cast as the titular character. El Morto is the continuation of the Sony Pictures trying to bring more obscure Marvel characters to the big screen. Well, they have been trying to bring characters like Craven the Hunter. Have you seen a trailer for Craven yeah, the Hunter? Yeah, it actually looks pretty good. That looks so good. Look did good. you see the Red Band trailer for Craven yeah. the Hunter? <laughs> okay. That was awesome. You know, if you haven't if you watched the trailer, watch the Red Band trailer. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, you got to watch that oh, okay. one. That one was really good. No, Jeff? Or Brad. Brad. I haven't seen it, but I love Craven the Hunter as a character. Okay. The trailer is really good. Watch it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. I don't know why they keep casting um, Russell Crowe oh, as uh, the father to every superhero out there. <laughs> I like that he's Russian this time, though. You know, like <laughs> I don't know. He still sounded like Zeus from a Thor to me. No, but... that Russian, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway... I digress. Uh, El Morto is again, blah, 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 blah. Like Craven the Hunter to the big screen for years and succeeded in bringing Venom to the big screen twice to success. They're also adapting characters like Madam Web, which mm-hmm. actually uh, might be interesting if they do it right. Uh, this is what is nice about these more obscure characters is that it gives the people behind these projects more freedom to play with the story. <laughs> yeah, especially if their characters only appeared in two issues. 
In the case of Immorto, this is about as close to a blank slate as anyone adapting a Marvel character is probably ever going to get. There is currently no word whether or not the project is just delayed or canceled entirely. You know who they need to do? Hmm. They need to do long shot in the Mojo verse. Oh. <laughs> you know what? In MCU now, now that uh, Marvel has control of uh, all of the uh, X Men characters, they probably. I hope they do. You know who else would be interesting to bring to the screen? Arcade. That would yeah. be neat. It would be an interesting story, movie to have a. You know, even no matter what the characters are, just having him in there as the <laughs> as the big bad villain in his just, murder yeah, world. Yeah, just stick him in somewhere. Yeah. Mm. So that'd be awesome too, and I hope they do a better version of uh apocalypse i did not like that <laughs> it was not it wasn't that good i didn't I always wanted so. them to do gambit <laughs> really? like, like a good gambit you know well like, uh, who was that uh Ch- um tatum it's just a good gambit <laughs> <laughs> okay never mind then <laughs> they uh, well, only because like they didn't get a showcase in at all like it was like Cameo, you know, it was it was more cameo than. Well, no, uh, um, he's gonna do a Gambit movie. Yeah, I know, but not him. <laughs> okay, I like Chink, but not him. All right, he doesn't right. have the comedic chops for Gambit. There's comedy with Gambit, I believe. so. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, he's Did, a smart ass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did you watch the X Men comic uh, uh, anime series back in the day? Uh, I read the comic book. Uh, I actually had his first appearance in X Men. Um, oh, I have that comic book. Yeah. So yeah, no, um, he's he's very Deadpoolish, you know, but it's like kid friendly Deadpool. <laughs> kid friendly Deadpool. Okay. Well, would they keep if they move X Men into Marvel Cinematic Universe? Would they keep the same casting? I mean, no, no. Obviously, Elliot Page isn't going to be Kitty Pryde, but yeah, right. I thought that he did a great job playing no, Kitty Pryde. I, I, I think because of the whole like thing with the multiverse, where they already brought in Picard as you know Professor X. Yeah, and, you know, well, that like, was that was interesting. <laughs> that was great, though. It was it they, was the animated Professor X. in the yellow wheelchair. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And they played the song. Yep. And his awesome. banana boat version <laughs> yeah. of a wheelchair. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. So, but since they did that, they can do anything. Yeah, because it's the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But why did all the Doctor Stranges look the same? <gasps> because I think it's Benedict Cumberbatch. I know. He has some weird contracts. Well, he's, he's a Nexus character or a Nexus yeah. being or something. Uh, see, I uh, thought they blew the ultimate opportunity because they announced that Bruce Campbell was going to be in it. I'm like, oh, yeah. A multiverse version of Doctor Strange being Bruce Campbell. That would have fit so wow. well. That would be yeah. awesome. But they blew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right, back in April, fans of Brendan Small and Tommy Blanche's Metalopolis Metalopolis, uh, were treated to a huge update showing them just how much better 2023 was about to get. That included Intel on a nationwide tour spotlighting the series, on-screen band Deathlock, and the new album Death Album 4. But all of that, including an accompanying soundtrack, was wrapped around the news that the full-length film Metalopolis Army of the Doomstar was on the way. Well, that day is here, well, at least for an, for an official trailer, set to hit digital and Blu-ray on August 22nd. The original full-length movie begins after the heroic rescue of Toki Wartooth. Deathlock frontman Nathan Explosion finds himself traumatized in a brutal professional and romantic flats, flatsman. 
while all while he is tasked with fulfilling the prophecy and confronting the ultimate songwriting challenge to save the world. Can Nathan Explosion look beyond his brutally damaged ego to save his band, stop the Metalopolis, and finally face the ultimate evil? Select. I thought it'd be, uh, what was that? Um, that clown. Nobody here watches that, do they? Okay, never mind. <laughs> but that's all about, to become, about uh, that. But that's not all, because 2023 also will see Deathlock album 4 drop around the time of the film's debut. And that music means it is time for the last break of the show. we still got 20 minutes left. If you have any questions at all that you want to get in about RageCon, now is your last chance. 775-515-4141. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we have Jeff, Brad, and Lisa from RageCon. Um, we talked, I think, just about everything, unless there's uh, anything that you guys want to add about uh, what's coming up with RageCon this weekend. Yeah, we're super excited about one new event. It's going to be a uh, trivia, gaming trivia contest. Uh, Anthony, our Play to One coordinator, is going to host it. With right. Ben Bannock. With Ben, correct, <laughs> from, from across the sea. Um, and it'll just be all general knowledge gaming questions. We'll have some prizes at the end, but we're super excited to be featuring that for the first year. <laughs> when, it, when it was brought up, I was like, why didn't we do this from year one? It seems <laughs> like a natural. So uh, The yeah. prizes might be Ragebox. <gasps> no, too late. It'll be a... There'll be free tickets for next year. Oh, that's right. It's on a it's on a late on Sunday when yeah. the raffles are kind of over winding down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be for uh, RageCon tickets. Uh, yeah. If, um, so going to be a first, second, and third place, or just a, for whoever wins it in general gets the uh, tickets for next year's RageCon. To be determined. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And if they win these tickets, uh, is there just a, a you know, kind of like getting first class after you already bought a ticket? You know, they'd pay a little bit extra, and you could uh, upgrade it to a VIP. Vig. Vig. I'm sorry. Important gamer. Big. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do a Vig for That'd the first cool. place, and then just maybe just a regular three day pass for second and third wall. We'll work that out before this weekend, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, trivia, um, comedian, um, an acoustic jam session, yes. uh, gaming, uh, gaming and more gaming, uh, vendor or exhibitors. I'm um, going to have a couple of authors there as well. Um, some uh, special yeah. guests running games. Hmm? Panels. We didn't talk oh, about yes. panels. Anymore. Yes, we didn't talk about the panels. Uh, what? There's going to be a number of panels. Um, what are some of the panels? Uh, they weren't listed on the website at all, unfortunately. They are, they are now. They huh? are now. I did it this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> good That's good. Those are hard to remember. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Go ahead. Keep Brad, scrolling. Brad scheduled there all those, go. so he's probably the best one to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Keep going. You got them all? There's some panels. Oh, there they are. Yeah. Wow, they don't look like panels. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Well, it uh, just didn't kind of, like, stand out. Um, These are all the events. This is, like, panels and the trivia concert. Oh, that's uh, why. Okay. Trivia tournament. Uh, the board game comedy hour. What makes a good podcast? No accent, no problem. <laughs> that's for our GMs, like, trying to be in character. 
um, ah. how to present. How to make your characters seem original without having to do a silly accent. Oh, so no Monty, Monty Python sketching, <laughs> huh? <laughs> LGBTQ plus representation in gaming. Uh, Terror on the Tabletop with Scott Rogers. Speed painting contest. Is the golden age of board games over? Hmm, that's a good question. That's a panel discussion led by Ben <laughs> Maddox, and the panel will be um, Scott <laughs> Rogers, Johnny Pack, and Henry Audubon. Wow. And I say the answer to that is no. No, me neither. I think it's just getting fired up. I, I think, think so, too. I think COVID kind of reawakened everybody's uh, desire to play tabletop gaming. Um, and I think uh, I think that you know you guys saw didn't really see a drop off in attendance when you guys came back that first year or last year. I think you're, you're right. You're, I think you guys are going to have an even bigger audience this year, and so and I think uh, it's just going to get even bigger and bigger as time I, goes on. To me, it it's, everyone's more plugged in these days to their phones and their devices. I think board gaming, gaming in general, is just that release of like, oh wow, I can turn off my phone i can inter sit down and interact with people there's the tactile part of you know dice and pieces so for me uh i think gaming is going to keep give, being huge because that'll be that way to escape your phone and and technology hmm. okay so what do you what's your thoughts on that rob um on the golden age yeah is the is the golden age of game board games over i don't think so i think that we're actually in a in in an age right now that it's we're getting a lot of new ideas for games a lot of things that like you would never thought to have done as a tabletop game mm-hmm. um so i think that that's like really good the only thing that i like struggle with is the fact that some new games are really difficult to play they don't give clear enough instructions like they used to that's why i enjoy, i was like very intent about you guys talking about how you can actually learn to play some of these games Mm -hmm. because there's some it's like i've even watched like multiple videos on youtube and i'm just like i still don't have any idea how to play this game oh we we talk about this all the time we it, it fascinates me that game designers don't run through their process with their friends they've run through the rules and then they don't go to maybe 10 random people and say here you know nothing about this please try it come back to me and and They've had to have people, you know. If they did that, they they would have people say, "I don't understand this at all." Yeah, because we're avid gamers, me, Brad, and Lisa, and we've all said the same thing. Wow, I couldn't understand these rules at all. Yeah, and you still have to seek out videos, and still at that point, sometimes you're like, the videos sometimes even make it worse. Make it worse. You're like, I don't. But I'm not even at that scenario. It's like, yeah, it's like what to give you an example that the pop Funko games. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Horrible to play, in my opinion. <laughs> like, there's no instructions. And when we went to go online, it's like, oh, play this one. We had the, you know, we were like, okay, let's try to. We don't even have that scenario she was talking about. Oh, like, it was like, okay, so we still have no clue how to play this game. Right. Like, <laughs> I want a refund. Yeah, you can't. You know, <laughs> and, and then there's other companies and where feel, to where you can you can open the game and just almost start playing it exactly right from the manual. Exactly. Yeah. And some of them seem like one of the games like horrified is is like that it's it you have this gigantic manual but it's not it's really the the gameplay is on like one page the rest of it is how the different aspects are right um because it's it's one of those games that you can play it has multiple replay value you play against different monsters you can play about all the monsters one monster two monsters three you know so there's that's why the the book was literally big. They actually mm, came out okay. with a sequel, so I'm excited. But 
All right, and then you got, um, I guess, uh, is Spinal Tap going to be there? Cranking it, at, at, cranking it to eleven, adding all the all the extra uh, to your games. So that's uh, from the person doing this one is is in the in at RageCon in multiple capacities. He did um, Blood, Sweat, and Steel uh, RPG uh, game, and then on the side he does Game On, which is a somewhat of a traveling GM, and in his his talk is about beefing up the experience of of GMing. You know, bringing in fog, bringing in music, bringing in lights. Um, you know, how to just make it a big experience. Mm-hmm. He was playing in the store the other day, and I had to say, "Could you turn that cricket music down because it's <laughs> kind of loud?" <laughs> cricket music. Yes. Wow. Uh, game on, traveling game master. Yeah. So after his talk, he's going to give uh, open his, open up a demo of his presentation and his show um, for a couple hours for people to come in and out and get a sense of of how he does it. I thought this was a movie, The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen. <laughs> oh, that is such a cool... I've, I heard them talk about it. It is basically the Terry Gilliam movie, Adventures of Baron Munchausen, in a kind of a LARP format. Uh, oh, my gosh. But it's more you kind of throwing other people under the bus and saying, um, uh, tell me about this adventure, and on the spot coming up with something, and then they have to... Tell, so like tell, improv tell, in pair. Okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it sounded great. I I I so much want to go check that out. Yeah, and me too. I actually enjoyed that oh. movie. And apparently, Eric did in uh, your California did too. It's a great movie. It is. <laughs> so, and he thinks the uh, best for a uh, tabletop gaming is uh, sound effects. Um, is there a way to uh, does a uh, the is there like soundtracks you can buy at, uh, from vendors or anything like that? Like sound files that have different things, or is that kind of one of those resources you have to kind of, you know, cultivate it's, yourself? It's becoming more common um, for game publishers to release a soundtrack to play their game by. Um, there's several. I know there's several. Nemesis has one. Unsettled from Orange Nebula has a soundtrack. Um, it's just becoming something that people want. Even Darwin's Journey, which is right. the, a newer board game about following Darwin along the Galapagos Islands. Like, what kind of soundtrack does that have? Well, <laughs> but Frost, they offer it. Frosthaven also has that app where you can, instead of reading your scenario out of the book or what happens when you make a choice, you push a button and it has voice actors and sound effects reading it to you. That's kind of neat. I want the guy who does the monster truck rallies on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> In a world. <laughs> Movie guy. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, ben and Johnny Pack Unplugged. We already talked about that. They're going to be doing a little duet or uh, jam session. Uh, play with the designer and beat the designer all weekend long at RageCon. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons all weekend long. And Paint and Take all weekend long as well. I'm horrible at painting. Everything like that I do looks like I was painting with my left foot. It really does. I mean, yeah, I need I need paintbrushes that have like a toothpick size like brush. That's the only way I can get it to like work right. <laughs> really? All my paintbrushes just scream, "Help me!" They're all blobs. <laughs> They're like, colors. "No, <laughs> you're gonna make this look ugly." As if it's a solid color, I'm good. But after that, I'm I'm lost. <laughs> Brad paints miniatures, and he does them so really good. good 
Yeah. Oh I'm not God. even a good painter. These <laughs> <laughs> miniatures are so good. Really? Ah. Oh, you got to put them on display, Brad. No. Why not? <laughs> I just got tired of looking at gray plastic on my table. So uh. I paint mostly for my board games and uh, just so splash some color out there on the on the board instead of uh, gray plastic. See, I had an older brother back in the day when we would, when uh, Dungeons and Dragons like first came out yeah. and everything. So the three of us, me, uh, my older brother, myself, and my little brother, we got totally wrapped up in it. And our parents would there was a hobby shop in Jacksonville, Florida, we'd go to that held had all the pewter yep. little mm-hmm. figurines yeah. and everything. And this is how I know I can't paint where the crap because my older brother could paint, and he just. <laughs> awesome job with everything that he painted so i didn't even bother trying anymore so but he he used to paint uh, and it was those pewter ones were always trying to find the ones that didn't have the bent swords or bent spears <laughs> right. and the packaging was always a pain um but once you but and those were the ones that always looked the coolest oh, too nice. but they had the bent little sword um which with pewter was hard to fix oh yeah was, so you couldn't just super glue it back together no, and it, and if it was supposed to be like a long sword and it was bent, all of a sudden it looks like a, a yeah. one of those weird, you know, it's ones that are all yeah, yeah, it's all all like a windy road. Um, but yeah, always a, always a good time. So it looks like it's going to be lots of fun at RageCon on uh, Sunday. You, do you guys have a YouTube channel? Um, do you like have a best of yearly stuff that you guys put up uh, at the end? Of, at the <laughs> end, looking at me. No, maybe we should try that this year. I'm usually at registration running everything, and if anybody well, know, wants I, to be a volunteer videographer, <laughs> I know last year every time I go, tried to talk to either of you, yeah. either of you three, last year you guys were running around trying to put out little fires everywhere, especially Brad running all the events and everything. He's like, I can't talk. <laughs> he, was, he was off. So. I usually run about thirty or forty games. During the convention, and so. about 30, 40 miles per hour too, oh, and yeah. getting back and forth. So, stay hydrated, sir. That is a problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it uh, looks like it's going to be lots of fun. Uh, you know what? I'll uh, make sure that I'll give you all the raw video that I get. Okay, from, that would uh, be awesome. RageCon. Yeah, because I'm going to be I'll, looking for I'll, scrolls. I'll film some when I can. <laughs> that would be cool. I know. If we had a scroll show up, I, I, I'm going to oh. be looking. I'm going to be looking hard. So ABC, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or Marvel, Marvel, if you're we have listening, a local ABC yeah. station, so. right. <laughs> local affiliate. I we are the late ABC. No, I can't say that on the air. Oh, <laughs> uh, the air. That music means that it is the end of the show. So let me get to the end of my stuff here. Uh, thank you all for tuning in tonight, no matter where you are listening. We genuinely appreciate you being here. We hope you enjoyed the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, and please continue supporting the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show and KNVC 95.1 FM by listening every week, checking out everything Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily, and subscribing to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel. A big thank you to our guests, Jeff, Lisa, and Brad from RageCon for being here this evening to tell us about almost everything happening this coming weekend, <laughs> June 30th through July 2nd at RageCon 2023. If you'd like to get your passes in advance, you can go and visit their website, RageCon.com. Actually, that's a good question. Can, uh, do you guys do uh, walk-in registrations? We do. Okay. 
So if you want to get your passes in advance, go to RageCon.com. HU RageCon gets bigger and better, and I recommend while at RageCon.com, checking out all the tournaments, games, guests, exhibitors, events, how you can volunteer, earn Rage Bucks demo games in the game lab this weekend. And you can also find all of the links to RageCon's social media accounts so you can be prepared for next year. Next week, Sunday, July 2nd, is the last Pop Culture Kaboom radio show until the Silver Age Comic-Con makes its return to Reno. Saturday, July 8th at the Reno Sparks Convention Center, it's the Silver Age Comic-Con, and our special guest will be the president of Colossus Girl Entertainment, Dave Hallworth, who actually is a writer, and uh, he got his start writing for Dungeons & Dragons Book Edition. Had him on to talk specifically about that. I will be talking with Dave Hallworth about everything happening at the Silver Age Comic Con, the guests, the panels, the vendors, the artists row, the big cosplay contest, and how you can be a part of the Silver Age Comic Con. Start Saturday, July 8th at the Reno Sparks Convention Center. On behalf of our guests from RageCon, Jeff Lisa and Brad, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, KNBC 95.1 FM, Spencer, Rob, and I, thank you for your continued support. Have a great week. Spencer and I will hopefully see you at RageCon. We will be talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9. And until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits.